You're listening to Garage Hammer, episode 6-6. On tonight's episode, the Mondlings have on Brad Schwant and Alex Gonzalez, and they're going to talk about tournaments and soft scorers and all sorts of stuff that the fat Mondlings sucks at. <laughs> so shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the Garage U Tools. We're going to make several promises for the next three hours or thereabouts. We're going to do the best we can to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way. Bringing you Warhammer Fantasy's best A, B, C's, and D's. That's Alex, Brad, Chris, and David. I'm Chris U. <laughs> and I'm Abraham Lincoln. Hey, Gettysburg. Party on, dudes. So how are you doing? I'm fantastic. Episode 6-6. Six, six. You know, Ooh. if this was Directive 6-6, six, six, all the clone troopers would start killing Jedi oh, left and right. <laughs> yeah. Sadly, that reference was lost on me. <laughs> I'm sorry. I actually like the third Star Wars movie, so... It was okay. It, was okay. And it wasn't amazing, but let's not get into that but, fight. Uh, I'm stay already, on topic. Hate mail's already coming. Right. Pause the show. i got to tell him. He's an idiot. <laughs> let's talk about J.J. Abrams and his uh, Star oh, Wars. Oh, my God. I am so excited for that. It is cool. I think... Um, I know this some people good. think he's overrated, but, but he did the justice to the Star Trek franchise. I thought, and I loved Super Eight. I loved Super Eight. It was good, and uh, I mean the, the the first couple seasons of Lost were just oh, I mean great off the chain. Yeah, I mean if he can take that sort of sensibility to Star Wars, I know a lot of people were saying, why not get Joss Whedon? Hmm. And as much as I love Joss Whedon, and I think he would make an amazing movie, mm-hmm. the dialogue, the, the the script, the way you know it's the, the wrong the, tone. I mean, yeah, Firefly, Buffy, yeah, you watch yeah. those. That's not a Star Wars sort of dialogue. I'm not saying he couldn't do it. But it's a little too witty, too character-driven. The way the way he writes, if he had to change it to write it more of a Star Wars, he would be wasted. Whereas J.J. Abrams, I think, has that sort of... He could just step right in and run with it. Yeah. I agree with I'm him. I'm so excited. It should be cool. So... Yep. Maybe we should talk about sponsors. Yeah, oh, yeah. We okay. need to thank our sponsors. Let's take a moment to thank our sponsors, Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois, Game Preserve Stores in West Lafayette, Indiana, Cool Mini or Not's Dark Age, Mirce oh. Miniatures, GuildPainting.com, and Battle Foam, protecting your army. Oh, you're wearing a Battle Foam I shirt. I am. I just, ripped, I just ripped my shirt open uh, Superman style. You did. You just I have a, a Battle Foam t-shirt. I got this, I think, at Adepticon a couple years back. Nice. They were like, practically giving. They had a whole pile of them. Just said, hey, take a shirt. So I thought, okay. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Speaking of Battle Foam, I'm yes. going to be getting some more pretty soon. Ooh. Filling out those old Sable cases. So Very nice. Getting the stuff for my... Uh, but I did special order. A two terror guys to tray. Wow, that thing's got to be eight inches tall. Like that's a special order. Like you got because on the custom yeah. cut tray, I didn't realize that that like if you measure from the floor to the very tips of the tops of the eight wings, inches. it's eight inches tall. I mean, that granted the body's only about three four inches off the ground, but, but those, those wings wing come up really yeah. high. It forces. And a lot then of I space. got I got my mortise engine slash coven throne special piece wow, of foam. Those special. Could, uh, well, I I gotta I gotta have something to put them in. Already one bit of the the mortise engine, the one of the little tops of the cage snapped, snapped off. off. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, you need that battle foam to protect to protect your army. <laughs> I love my battle foam. I really do. I have slowly but surely been replacing all the foam in the GW cases. Mm-hmm. It's stronger, and actually, it's because you could pick the the sizes you want. I actually have more slots, better fitting than the you know the, right. the hundred and eight slots in a in a 
in a GW case. I've got more than that. Hmm. So five small, two large GW cases slowly transform over to Very nice. the Battle Foam. It's Maybe I should look into that at some point and get, get rid of the cardboard box I'm currently using. <laughs> yes, you should. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's great. In fact, uh, Heather, now that she's got her Malifaux crew and I'm working on it, um, she made me get her a bag. She's getting a Malifaux Battle Foam bag for oh, her book. Oh, wow. And her crew. I'm like, dude, my case... I got six crews in it, and there's plenty of room for your crew. She's like, yeah, I don't want my, my models with your models. I was See, like, I can never have that conversation with my wife. I can't even fathom having that conversation. My wife has always been a game player, but she doesn't play tabletop war games. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I signed her up at Gen Con. She played a game of Malifaux. She liked it. She just looked at me and said, I will never paint one. I, that to, She would rather have oral, a dental surgery than paint, <laughs> than a, paint mini. a mini. She's like, that's too tedious. But it's so it's, small. People look at it, and if you've never done it, it looks like you've got to be insane. Does she to do, do it. other like detailed uh, she, like crafts? Or are anything? you kidding? She, she makes like jewelry. That? Oh, then that tra- it's an easy transition. Uh, you think she makes jewelry? She scrapbooks. She's like, I have no interest in painting those models. I will play with you if you paint my models, and and no three colors in a dip. She wants nice models. Oh wow. <laughs> I want object source lighting and well, she ain't seamless that. blending. Yeah, so do I. They want ice water in hell. I don't <laughs> right, know how to do right. that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, and we do have a shout-out. All right. Um, okay, I'm going to read this, and this is another one. This is one of those – we've lately been getting shout-outs, like, saying that people like us, and it's – it's. I, I, I turn red, I turn red reading it. Yeah, I get, it's a little embarrassing. But this comes from Joe Hicks. Or Joseph Hicks. Here's he, he actually sent. I got a message of a donation, and when I read it, I thought it was a mistake, and so I sent him an email. I was like, "No, it's no mistake." I was like, "Oh." Okay. So here it is. Hi, my name's Joe Hicks, Washington D.C. attorney, and long. Oh, another attorney. Cranky oh. <laughs> lawyer versus uh... Joe Hicks. <laughs> All right, let me start this over again. <laughs> I just got thrown. <laughs> My name is Joe Hicks, Washington, D.C. attorney and longtime GW veteran who's been listening to the show for the past year. Recently, I donated $100 to Garage Hammer, and I wanted to use my shout-out as a chance to tell you why. In brief, it's a great show, one that has improved, becoming substantially more interesting and professional with every new episode. Garage Hammer not only does a terrific job of representing the hobby we all love in an entertaining and accessible way, in many ways it represents what's best about America— Wow. The show is entrepreneurial, inclusive, respectful, creative, and staffed by real down-to-earth people. Additionally, and perhaps best of all, dude, I read high school kids' papers all day. Reading something written by a lawyer (laughs) with, like, proper grammar, this is, like, heavenly to me. Okay, there we go. Uh, Additionally, and perhaps best of all, Garage Hammer has shown repeated leadership on social issues. From raising money for extra life to the weight loss challenge, you constantly remind all of us that there's more to life than acrylic paint and plastic miniatures. Finally, with 65 episodes, now 66, Mm -hmm. my contribution comes out to less than $2 an episode, a true bargain for all the entertainment you've provided. Given all of this, I encourage anyone with means to support the show so that David and Chris can continue to provide the quality podcasting that we've all come to know and love. Keep up the good work, guys. I look forward to your future endeavors. Best, Joe. Thank you, Joe. I was I, I read this at work, and the kids were like, one of my students was like, what are you reading? I'm like, like, your face is turning red. They thought I was looking at porn. Wow. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> 
You know, we should we should uh, nickname him Complimentary Lawyer. <laughs> the Complimentary <laughs> Lawyer. I I don't even know how to react. I, to that. I don't either. I mean, that's, that's, that's high praise. Yeah, yeah. Especially now, you don't even know about this. Especially after last week, I got a little. I I got some hate mail. Basically, um, it was short and sweet, which basically said, you know, I've been listening for a while, but you know, your show kind of starting to suck. I don't like you anymore. Basically, I'm an ass or something, and uh, I'm dropping you off the RSS feed. Hey, man, I, you know, you don't want to listen. That's totally cool, but. You know, Why? You know, what, what happened? I was actually down for a couple of days. I was like, man, I wonder what the. He was on our forums. He hasn't posted in like 18 months. So he stopped. Apparently, he got sick of us a year and a half ago. And he's like, you've just been declining and declining and blah, blah, blah. I don't know what. I mean, I have no idea. I mean, a year and a half. That's That was like right when we caught our stride. So apparently, when Chris and I actually started doing stuff, he got tired. So I was just. I'm like, screw you. Well, he has nothing valuable to add. So. I know. So, but after after getting a little, after getting some, you know, nastiness coming at me, a little sugar is a good thing. This was wonderful. This really was. But so there's the shout out. Now this shout out I read, but oftentimes we have shout outs that come through on our voicemail. Voicemail. Tell me about voicemail. <laughs> we have voicemail. <laughs> Amazing. Tell me, come on! You don't know. You, you don't know about it. You I, don't, I don't know. You don't remember. <laughs> how, how does one dial voicemail? How does it work? Well, you pick up your phone uh-huh. and dial one seven five seven G H show six. Now I know you have numbers, but if you look, there's little letters above the numbers. Seven five seven show G H four. No. <laughs> The cold is getting to you. One seven five seven GH show six. Call one seven five seven GH show six, and after the weird computerized lady <laughs> comes in, the master engineer will tell you to leave a message. Excellent. And when that happens, leave whatever you want. We've gotten several. Now, guys, I don't play absolutely every message because sometimes they come through a little distorted. It's through Google Voice, and uh, sometimes, sometimes. Well, I, I think I've got about a half a dozen from Cranky and his kids just saying Rhinox Riders. Whatever could that mean? <laughs> Such a cryptic message. <laughs> oh, I love Cranky. He's, you know, he's bored. He's got to take up a cause. This is his cause. His crusade. Oh, man, that was too funny. So, yeah, please uh, call up, leave a message on the voicemail. Uh, you know, any, oh, and somebody bought a hoodie. What? And, and those hoodies are damned expensive. <laughs> By the way, folks, we take almost, we, we are set to like the minimum like when you set up those things at the Zazzle store, the minimum uh, quantities. No, we're set up to the minimum, like because they're like you know you could charge like there's the the Zazzle charge, and then there's like a little extra charge that goes to us. Yeah, and you could charge them like a hundred percent more if you want. Oh, I see. Those hoodies, I mean, just when you buy anything there one at a time, it ain't cheap. So I apologize for the cost. I I can't make <laughs> I it any lower. That is that bought that hoodie? I don't know because it doesn't tell you who bought it. It just said someone bought a hoodie. Oh man! And you know, I was just like, yeah. You know what we should do is if we see that person with that hoodie walking around, let's say at Adepticon or wherever. Yep. We should buy him a beer, buy him lunch. I think yes. If we see people shout walking out around, if, yeah, people walking around in. Uh, in, in hoodie in, attire. In, in, in a Garage Hammer hoodie, or even a Garage Hammer shirt, because I'm the only one who ever walks around in one. <laughs> if I see people walking around in that, one... Including I will, me, I don't have one. I'm going to have to get you one. But I think I'm going to have to get something printed up to give out to people, whether they're stickers or bumper stickers or something to give out at Adepticon if people are wearing our gear. You know, in honor of that yeah. purchase, you should play the Garage Hammer hoodie commercial. Okay, well, we'll be right back. There you go.
hey, check out that guy in the garage hammer shirt. Who cares about him? Look at that guy with the garage hammer hoodie. That's right, guys. Nothing tells the ladies I'm one of the gaming elite like garage wear. So hurry to garagehammer.net slash store, and soon you'll be the guy at game night that all the gamer chicks are talking about. Remember, boys, first you get your gear, then you win all your games, then you get the chicks. That's right, boys. The only gamers we notice are in Garage Gear. Hey guys from the Dwellers Cast. <laughs> More poetry. <laughs> Loved it. Yes. Okay, time for news and rumors segment, which I wish we'd come up with a better title, but it, it's news and rumors. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. It, the show may be a little formulaic, folks, but it works. We'll, we'll think of something. Yep. And oh, the news and rumors segment is brought to you by. Lizardman Jeff and the Circle City Circuit. Check them out at CircleCityCircuit.com. And Jeff is doing a great job with that, man. It totally is. And you can go to the the Circuit website and see who uh, you know what's been going on. It's uh, it's such a cool thing. It really is. It is very cool. The only thing that's cooler than monthly tournaments mm-hmm. is going to be monthly rounds of our damn campaign because I've got it that close to done at this point. I can't say until I experience it. Uh, well, that's Hint, true. Hint. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. The gauntlet has been thrown. Uh, yes, it has. Dang. Okay. Um, the new Warriors of Chaos book comes out in four hour, three hours and 40 minutes. Yeah, so what's our plan? So we might head over there late tonight? Uh, well, if they're still there. It's uh, UGG. They won't sell it to us till Saturday. Yeah. Um, but Friday night is Friday night magic night. So and they might be there. They might be there. If they're there... Then uh, if it, if they're there that late because they often stay open late, there's a new mm-hmm. new cards came out today, so they said it's gonna oh, be hopping. Okay. So the big magic release. Thumb. So yeah, I'm hoping that if they're open that late, we can just go over there and get our books. Otherwise, I have to wait until after Harrison's birthday party to go oh, over there tomorrow. Though it'll be later tomorrow yeah. afternoon. Happy birthday, Harrison! So Warriors of Cast book comes out tomorrow, and it's all the internet talk is. All over the place. Have you been reading up on all that? I have gone to no rumor sites because by this point, the book, I mean, about last week, I just started going. Like, I know Brad, for one, was like getting all this information from yeah. the rumor sites and talking back. This has gone up in points and this is that. Right. This is the other. You know, I don't care. I'm going to wait to see the book. Me too. I, there's too much to read. So I'll just read it in print. And here's the great thing Warriors has always been a, a popular army. Sure. You know, it's because it, it's, it's a fun army and it looks good. Like, I remember when I first started playing warriors was the book had just just came out just yeah. after i started playing all those guys in that giant black armor with yeah, all the golden brass it looks so cool you want to buy it and play it um and it's no different than this um some people are all excited thinking it's going to be nice and balanced some people hate it i think recently the people who seem to hate the new books most are the ones who are already playing the army and to me, it almost seems like that's a little bit of, my army doesn't play the same anymore. I wonder if part of that is, though, I've bottled it, my army to play in such a way, but 
it doesn't. A play third well. of those are now obsolete. They're obsolete models. Well, I don't know if they're so much obsolete, well, but they're not optimal. They're not optimal. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know that stuff's going to change. I mean, that was with the vampire book. I was all. Mm. I mean, I like I said, if you go back and listen about like one or two episodes before it came out, I said I am totally ready for anything. It's going to change. It's going to change completely. It change. You, you got to. You know, because if you don't, if you're sitting there worried, well, my army's not going to play this, you know it's not going to play this. Right. Same. You just have to deal with it. I know there's already people just turning the show off and type, I don't hate it because it doesn't play the same. I hate it because my war shine sucks. You know, but <laughs> I just. <laughs> just got to deal. I'm, from everything I'm hearing, though, I hear balance again. And if this is another balanced book, now, Credis did the Empire book. I know Andy Sherman posted he's being quiet right now because yeah. Misery Loves Company, but I still don't think the Empire book sucked. I think it was balanced. It just might wasn't what people were expecting, mm-hmm. and um, I think this is going to be balanced, and I'm hoping it... I, I, I hope it is, too. I'm looking... I'm, I'm, I'm very excited for it, so book comes out tomorrow. It's about 50 bones. Yeah. See, I'm excited. I'm actually considering if I finish painting up... Remember, I couldn't figure out what to paint? Yeah. I think I might go with that. With like Warriors. You know what? If the book's... I, I don't. So you could if, go with the dual Hell Cannon. Uh, no, Warriors see, I don't Albert have. I don't own a Hell Cannon. I traded it. I traded the Hell Cannon away to uh, to Gordon Sundin. Um, well, you got to pick some up, then. No, um, actually, I will be getting a, a Slaughter Brute, a Mutal, but the not the Hell, the the, the, the dual kit monster. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, the Game Preserve uh, is sending us one to do a uh, model mm-hmm. uh, review. A review yeah. on. I'm going to have that, and I've I've got a bunch of warrior stuff. So I'm just, if it uh, it's something to paint up that I can just I think I can paint kind of quickly. It's a lot of black. I'm going to paint them in the traditional black and gold, not sure. paint them up to a certain mark, because this is not the next army I'm going to sit and paint to a high standard. So are you are you sit and paint personally boycotting for your list any hell cannons? Um, I think you need them. I think you have to have them. You think you have to have They're one? They're so good. I, I'm not boycotting one. I don't own one yet, and I'm not in an all-fired rush to get one. <laughs> okay. Right now, I'm just I'm still sticking with my vamps. Uh, but I'm just thinking that might be a good if I need a distraction. That might be something that for me would be Change easy easy oh. to paint something quick, something I can do. Right. And uh, you know, if it's cool, it's cool. If it if it's if it's the new ogres, if it's the new gray knights, mm-hmm. I probably won't be playing it long anyway, only because I don't necessarily want to. Jump on the bandwagon, as people like to say. You know, it's partly that and partly that. I mean, Jump I, on the war altar, I guess. We yeah, I guess. You know, some of that. Like I said, I looked at it more as, hey, I could paint those kind of easy. And if I it want is to a low it, model count army, so there's something yeah. to be said for that. And it's, I think, like I said, if you're doing the black with all the bronze trim, if you're just doing black and bronze trim warrior models and yeah. stuff like that, knights, it's something I could paint quickly uh, and that I could just sit down and it's not... I'm not going to be sitting down and doing all the detail work right, like right. when I'm going to be doing like the blood knights and stuff for my my VC army and the and the dwarfs are going to be the armies that I sit and take a yeah. long time and, and practice and do all the detail. But if I'm going to sit and kick something out just to be keep keep the hobby part going, right? It, I think it's an army that lends itself to that pretty easily. You know, hearing you talk about doing the warriors like that, the 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 black armor and everything, it makes me think: what if you did a Nurgle themed, you know, armor heavy? Warriors Army in all that rust technique that you did, that would look awesome. See, on the that table. could be cool, and I thought about that because Nurgle's my favorite. Yeah, I, I don't want to paint any more green. <laughs> you don't have to. You just do it on I all can do rust. pure rust. That's true. You just do the like the main icons and banners in Nurgle green. And I thought about that, and this is something that is probably really stupid, but I remember when I first started playing, 
and I used to head over to the GW around here, the one I don't really go to anymore. Yeah. And when I was asking them about it. About uh, what, Warriors? Just Warriors, because yeah. like, the book had come out, and they were everyone was painting different things. And I was like, well, do you have to paint them to the mark? And they were basically like, well, yeah. You, I'm like, you can't just paint them black and gold and then just pick a mark for them and maybe paint up a, a bunch of different banners. And like, oh, no, if you do that, that's, that's, they basically told me it was tantamount to cheating to put models on because they have to be WYSIWYG. And so if they're Nurgle, they need to be painted up Nurgle. And if they're so what, corn, you, what, if you what color you see is so what you get? Basically, it was like buy five sets, one for each mark and then one for unmarked. And I was just like, yeah. it kind of turned me off to even starting Warriors back then. And so at this point, I just want, I'm thinking, just do it to do it. So yeah, so I gotta, I just, I don't, I don't. Right now, I just, if if I'm gonna do it, it's gonna be like a side project, like right, something else. You know, I want to get these armies painted, and that's one that I can, I could paint quickly and not worry about immense amounts of ultra fine detail because they're gonna right. be black and well, metal. It's as much detail as you want to put into it, but right, you know, in my mind's eye, I really like the idea that rusted warriors looks. I might. I don't know. Maybe I'll do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, who knows? I mean, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'll go with it. Right now, I'm just like I said. It's it, it's a possibility in the back of my mind. So. Sure. Uh, let's see. The new Magic decks are coming out. Which Three. is uh, you say what you will about the increase in prices for models and the books. The Magic deck is a great buy. Because you yeah. got all three decks for eleven bucks. Yeah, twenty-two cards, eleven bucks. You're paying fifty cents a card. The other ones you're getting seven cards for what, like six bucks. Mm-hmm. So that was. I mean, that's this isn't a bad deal. Ours should be coming if they will be here Saturday or Monday because, I, yeah, Chris and I and Harrison all ordered them up. So right. I needed to order. I either had to pay like six, seven bucks for shipping for the cards, or order something else to get free shipping. Mm-hmm. So I ordered Village. <laughs> oh, nice! I like that model. So yeah, he's cool. Yeah, dude, lots of good models coming out. Uh, I none of them inexpensive. To be sure, but uh, uh, all uh, really good looking. You know, it's one of the stronger releases in recent memory that I can recall. You know, really, yeah, like two weeks after I said how I, yeah, how yeah. little <laughs> how uninspired this line was, they come up with this. Those dragon ogres are gorgeous. Yeah, I mean they're twenty bucks an ogre, but those the, you know the price of those don't bother me as much. Right. I mean now the beast eighty five bucks the for slaughter the brute slash mutilith vortex beast. It seems a bit pricey to me, although. When you see it in person, it might be bigger than... Because it looks... It's it, hard to gauge the it's size. It's supposed to be pretty big. I mean, when they described it in the White Dwarf, they said it's something like it stands like three or four times taller than a Chaos Warrior, so... Is it like Stonehorn Thunder Tusk size? Because that's a pretty uh, big Sounds model. like it, yeah. Although $85 is pretty steep. Yeah, the the Chariot is 40 bucks. I mean, you get all the extra options, but unless you're going to be converting yeah. or using them for something, all the extra options, you're paying for something you don't need. The thing is, if you step outside of the Warhammer, uh, take the Warhammer shades off, uh-huh. and you look at these prices, it's like, ooh. Oh yeah, yeah. Eighty-five dollars for a plastic toy. Exactly. A model, exactly. So does let's it, put the Warhammer does it, glasses does back it, on. Does it? Does it remote control? No. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Can you eat it? <laughs> exactly. Will it cook something for me? Uh, the Forsaken. Now those are the the Forsaken. I think are the models that are getting. That's like that's the controversial. That's the controversial release. one. From what I've seen in some of the pictures, I don't mind them. I mean, they're mutated. Chaos Warriors. Right. They're not great, but I know some people are saying that they're just pure bunk and they're just terrible. I know Domus doesn't like them. You think? Yeah. He, I mean, it's just, I mean, he's got nothing but venom for them. And I just, I don't think they're that bad. You know, part of it is, I looked at him and went, eh. 
but it's like every, you know, I looking at it and saying it's a you know a, you know it's on a one to ten, it's a three or four. But uh, people are screaming negative six, and so I'm like, wow. wow. I'm like, oh, it's I must like them. I, I'm with you. They're they're you know not bad. But then I look at the price, and then it's a big mm, no. Another thing that you get a thousand extra bits for, or you convert. You're going to have to right? yeah, use yeah, those extra that's bits what I to would convert. Do. Exactly. That's a good modeling uh, opportunity there. The Chaos Lord is cool. Is very cool. Mm-hmm. Throg is fantastic. If Although, I, again, pricey. He's about sixty bucks. He's another one. He's big though. Apparently, and even in the battle report, when you see the models. It's supposed to be pretty huge. Well, he fits on a forty mil base. Yep. I would imagine he's maybe twice the size of a regular troll, over a river troll. Yeah, I th- yeah. I mean, they described it again. I know he stands much taller than even a normal river a regular troll. troll. Yeah. The model's gorgeous, though. That crown of command he's got won't fit on its head. It's jammed on his tusk, mm-hmm. on his jaw. All the axes in his back. Yeah. You know, all the dwarf beards on his, that pelt of his. It is amazing. It's. it's I, I wonder. I still want to read the rules for him. And see if you know what he brings to the table. Yeah, I mean, he's got. A, he must have changed a little bit, and I'm wondering how that went. Um, what else have we got? Okay, the one-click launch bundle basically comes with everything we just listed, except the magic cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't think it comes with uh, Village. It's three hundred nine fifty. It's exactly the same cost. Oh, there's no savings. No, it's basically it's literally That's they call so it the one click launch. It's and it and if you read it, it says if you just want to order one of everything, nice and easy, click here. All it's saving you is uh, it's a couple clicking. tunnel on your wrist. Yeah, it's saving you a couple of clicks. Hmm. Um, it's just some dollar savings would be nice. You know, here's the thing: I might be inclined to buy. Everything all at once. If you gave me even a ten percent knockoff, yeah. save me a little something. Right for the for, you know, for the for, effort for, for three hundred and ten dollars. Knock off thirty bucks. You know, hey, if you buy all of this, you get the Chaos Lord thrown in for free. Right. Or maybe you know, the magic cards. Something. Yeah. Well, there's no cards in, included. That's the one thing that's not included. Right. But for I'm me, saying, it was I'm just like if they threw those in, that'd be kind of a nice exactly. little thing. But it's uh, so for me, I was like, eh, that didn't. I didn't care for that too much. Um. Something off of the Warriors release, and this will be the last thing before we go to um, go to our next break. And I know we're coming quick, but I kind of want to go through this and get to uh, the toolbox because we got a big bunch of that. A lot of tools there. Oh, yeah, a lot of tools in the box this week. Uh, in the White Dwarf, they had the Loken and Abaddon work-in-progress models. The work-in-progress, okay. Well, I mean, they they look pretty damn done to me, but obviously they're, they're not finalized sure. and been approved yet. I'll show them to you. Remind me to show them to you later. I got my iPad down okay. here. Those things are hot. Hmm. Those are two really good-looking models. And, I mean, Loken, when I first started reading, you know, uh, the Horus Heresy, yeah. that's the guy that everybody, you know, all of us as you're reading, you relate to that He's one. He's your protagonist. Yeah. yeah. And they're posed, and it says that they're actually posed in for their final battle in Book 3, where Loken and Abaddon are uh, Don't tell out. me too much. I won't tell you what happens. Okay. But you see them there, and, you know, and they, they look Really good, and the Abaddon model. This is him before he's become the Abaddon model that that you can that buy know. now. Okay, the, 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 the one the leader, we, the Abaddon the, model that you're referring to is that the one with the big claws? Is yeah, that him? he's still okay. got the big claws. Lightning he claws, looks, I yeah, guess. and he's got the top knot and things yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Hair pulled back yeah. and stuff. But uh, this is him when he's still got. Well, he's got still got the the eye of Horus, the sons of Horus armor on, yeah. and before he's to become that chaos lord that has taken over okay. since Horus has been gone, they look. Great! Hmm. I'm very excited for those. I still want to. I still need to get. I haven't gotten the. Uh, 
I haven't gotten the Angron model yet, but mm. those those Primark and those those main character models, even if I never play, those are ones I want to I want to get just because make a diorama and I put just, it in like a little glass display. Exactly. Yeah. I just want to have them. <laughs> just, I, just, <laughs> I just I don't care. They're so cool. Uh oh, it's the uh, the completionist in you. It's I know I don't need everything. I don't need all the different armors and the different you know the I don't need to buy all a thirty k army and, and all that stuff. I just these these specific characters that the named people that are like big characters in the Horus Heresy they're they're pretty cool. So, all cool. right, why don't we take a quick break? Come back and we got the toolbox, and then we'll be coming back with Brad and Alex. Sounds good. I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm. It doesn't separate from the base. They custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut and designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. Battle Foam, protecting your army. And we're back. Yes, we are. Welcome back, guys. Welcome to the Toolbox, guys, brought to you by Chaos Rock Super. Chaos Rock Super. We don't even actually say it anymore. We just kind of go... (laughs) (laughs) People know. Everybody knows. Oh, it's those two fools again. What you've been up to? Oh, I've been up to. Let me tell you something. You're up to? Definitely up to. Maybe even up three? Yeah, I think so. Do tell. Well, let's start off with the reading basics okay mm-hmm. i've actually been just mostly my reading has been with all these campaign packets that people have been sending to me right some research and uh i've okay two weeks ago is the last time we talked i'm on like page 40 of prospero burns that's how little i've been reading wow that is for me yeah like, why so like, slow well that's like my pace well I have been going through the campaigns and writing up the campaigns i've also been looking at the empire book because i bought that empire army from Tom Burkle, oh, yeah. uh-huh. and uh, Morgan really wants to start painting it. So I actually sat down one evening with her, and we went through the heraldry of the Empire book that I bought, and she went through looking for a color scheme. Now, I suggested red and white, because it can be a really nice striking, stri- yeah. striking colors. Uh, and plus, I think Tom painted a whopping 10 models, and that was the <laughs> color scheme already. Okay. But she wanted to do, well, she wanted to do blue and white, and Harrison pitched a fit. Cause that's Hiles. That's Hiles. Uh, and then she wanted... Oh, he actually got upset about it? Well, no, but he's like, you can't. Those uh, are my army's colors. We can't have two... I'm like, oh, God, here it goes. Um, then she wanted to do... Well, her original color scheme was pink and purple. 
And I just put the kibosh, the kibosh no. on that right there. No, I put the kibosh on that. I said, no, I'm sorry. First of all, my excuse was they were Slaneshi colors. That's a good That's a good. <laughs> my real reason was I didn't want to paint that army. I didn't, it, you sure. know, half a leg looking like a squid and the other one looking <laughs> like he's going out dancing. Like Forget a, it. <laughs> so so um, like an I think we're settling on she was looking through, and I think it's either outdoor for the red and black. Mm-hmm. I actually was going to suggest yellow and black, but yellow is such a pain in the ass. Yeah, to paint. that's a tough color to paint. So I was. And she's doing it all herself. Well, no. Okay. Uh, I'm going to help. I'm going to work on it with her. Plus, I really, I mean, I'm sitting sifting through the models, and I, I like that book a lot. It is nice. So if it ever get, if we ever get to the point where we paint it, I'll, I'll start playing with it, and I'll be playing. And well, here's the thing: she wants to play with it. Mm. She wants to learn how to play. She wants to come and play the game with Daddy and Harrison. Mm. And so, you know, eventually I'll wind up using it like I use all the different sure. armies. But, you know, we're going to start getting it painted for her so she can come out and, and play with us when nice. she starts learning. So I've been focusing on that. But so there's been no reading of books because they've been doing that. And I actually have hobby to talk about once we get past reading. So. As do I. But I have been reading a little bit. I've been reading uh, Galaxy and Flames. Okay. Started that. It's a little bit slow going. And I'll be honest, uh, it's kind of um, bathroom reading for me. Yes, you were so saying it's, so. Yeah, so it's slow going, but it's you know it's. Are you enjoying it though? Um, I, yes, I found that one to be, be- a little bit better than um, the other two. Well, no, I I liked the I liked Horus Rising a lot, but uh, what was the second book? The um, uh, False Gods. False Gods. Okay. Yeah, I False Gods got a little bit weird and a little shaky, and the whole Horus flip. I just had issues right, with. Right. Right. Whereas the third book, it's, there's a lot of shooting going on. <laughs> it's a lot of bolter <laughs> porn going on there. A lot of boom, boom. Yeah. So. Okay. Looking forward to that. And I guess that's good for bathroom reading. A little boom, boom. A little. Anyway, so yeah, that's been my reading. All right. So, um, hobby related. Why don't you take it since you've been more consistent in your hobby? Uh, well, I've been working my on my what I call my Adepticon reinforcements. Kind of rounding out my list for the upcoming tournaments. Right, um, right. So that will be I assembled twenty savage orcs with bows, okay. uh, two spear chukas. Okay. And w- with those, I ended up going with. I, you know, I put it out on Twitter. How do people like to base their war machines? And I got a lot of responses. Everything from no base to circle base, square slash rectangle base, etc. Yep. And each one had its own merits, pluses and minuses. I ended up going ultimately with a fifty millimeter square base. And having the crew magnetized on it, so I can strip them off once if the machine takes wounds. Okay. So th- th- I put those together. Uh, the ten Fenrisian wolves as part of my updated uh, f- wolf cavalry. Okay. Um, so did the assembling. Uh, went ahead, did the cork and sand on the bases, give them a little texture and some some visual height. I'd like to see that because cork is one of the things I want to start working with. So I, it's I, really easy, actually. I like it. I like the look. Mm-hmm. I really do. I, I think the next army I do or redo if it's the High Elves, I think all the bases are going to have the cork implemented on there because it looks so good. Uh, and it's pretty easy to do. Uh, so the, the cork is on all those, and I have the first layer of the the of paint on those bases, which is like the first of like six steps on, on my bases. Okay. So uh, getting that started, and hopefully we'll have it done by Adepticon. Oh, I did some more work on my 35-point uh, War Machine Retribution guys. 
I'm so gonna, they're they're all assembled. I'm going to paint too. those trolls and those two crews for Malifaux someday. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that has been my hobby. So Fast and Furious, trying to get all these things together. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, so how about yourself? I have had like a, a hobby breakthrough. A breakthrough. It's you know what. I love painting. I love doing it. It's with all the other things going on. It's like getting set up, having time to make sure it's all out there that you can get to work on it. Uh, finally, getting this place at about eighty percent of where I want it to be. I'm willing to step back now and say, okay, it's not right yet, but I need some time for me. Sure. <laughs> I'm at eighty percent. Let me step back and I'll come back and kick ass on the last twenty once I can. So I sat down Sunday. I started painting my other 40 skeletons. Now, not the 10 that you bought me. Those I still got to build and paint. I eventually want to have 100. I like the round numbers. Oh, my gosh. Okay. But so I got 80. I had 40 that I had painted up to the point of and dipped them before. Mm. So I started painting the other 40, got halfway done on Sunday. Monday, finished painting them up to the point where I want to get them painted. Mm -hmm. Tuesday... I painted the I, I I brush on my the varnish. I don't dip literally. Oh, I see. I don't like okay. the way it pulls. Right. So I brushed on the varnish Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, I double checked on all the varnish for everybody. It made sure that was all cool. Wednesday, I finished my terrorgeist. I did the basing. I did the the horse. The horse. I put up the pictures. I think yep. it looks pretty good. Then yesterday. I built 20 dire wolves. Funny thing, I ordered two boxes of dire wolves from UGG. They had none in stock. I opened up the first box, pulled out my 10 dire wolves, and there was only one bag of five calf bases. And I was like, ah, damn it. I'm like, okay, so I build them. I'm going to put the five base. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go in the other box and get the bases so at least these can be based. And I opened a box, five Five? bases. Weird. Now, Quality control I, did, issues I did talk to someone who knows people at GW who said, you know, that could be because, you know, they, they, they do them in lots when they're building a package. Mm-hmm. That, that whole lot could have just had that happen Yeesh. to it. Okay. Where someone who was packaging it, you know, making put sure. Put the wrong number. Put in one package of five instead of two packages mm-hmm. of five. So did you call I GW? called them today, and I, I felt so stupid because saying you got one box with only half. Right. But then you say, and then I opened the next box, and that happened again. Right. So I said, I'm like, look, I am totally not lying. He's like, no, I believe you. To- I, it happens, man. So they they sent me out another. They're sending me out another ten bases. Nice. So it's like five to seven business days or whatever. So I'm, that's cool. Well, I'm sure you have plenty to do. Oh yeah. In the uh, meantime, and then today, I knew we were going to be recording tonight, and I had done hobbying five days in a row. I didn't want to lose the thread, mm-hmm. so I brought to work to work on my break. Uh, I brought, I grabbed a bunch, I brought 55 sprues that had like the bits still on them. Mm-hmm. And I brought my little hobby cases, oh, the little cases, them up and, and I clipped all 55 trays and organized and put all the skeleton bits and the, and the bit. So all of my Mantic uh, sprues that are left and all of my VC sprues have been clipped and put into the boxes. Mm-hmm. So that's another just big, like huge pile of all those sp- stuff gone, gone right. you know i still have I'm, i have like two big battalion boxes like just open box halves with sprues piled up mm-hmm. in them so yeah, it takes a lot of a space but for sure. it does so getting out 55 sprues was a big dent in that so mm-hmm. that was good but 
that's all my hobbying. I've got a new little, instead of doing a hobby commitment saying, I'm going to get all this done by next week, and then, you know, two days before the episode, sit down and try to get it all right. done so I'm not a liar. I'm just, I've, I've hobbied for six days. I'm going to do some hobbying tomorrow. That's it. I'm going to see. Slow and steady. What I'm going to see how many days in a row I can hobby. And I'm going to write down everything I do each day and just mm. like. Keep a log. Yeah. yeah. And I think I'm, I'm going to see if I can keep this going. I mean, there's obviously there's a day is going to come at some point where I can't do anything. Sure. But I want to see how long I can keep this going. I will hit a week of, of hobbying at least an hour or two every day tomorrow. So Oh, wow. That's, solid week. That's, yeah, that's really solid good. week. And I have 40 models painted and dipped. Oh. Uh, next plan is as soon as it dries up a bit, I'm going to dull coat them and then go over them with some highlight, mm. some highlight uh, colors just to lighten them up a little bit. Right. And um, that'll be 80 skeletons done, uh, which is a nice. nice start for the year for my, you know, see how much modeling I can do in a year. Mm-hmm. I don't have a commitment. I think and I'm not trying to beat last year's 500 models. Let me ask you this. Uh, with all the skeletons and the wolves that you're building, the, the terror guys, are these models that you're planning on using for upcoming tournaments? Uh, I have to make my I'm, – I'm working on my Adepticon list, and once I've got that finalized, or at least what I think is finalized, I'm going to make sure those things get painted. Mm-hmm. I really need – I mean, the only th- – I mean, the Blood Knights, I'm going to paint them eventually. I'm not worried about them because I ain't taking them right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Black Knights, I've got 20 Black Knights that need to be painted, and I want, I'm want i working on that color scheme I want to do with the Rust. Right. Those, I want to get some of those done for Adepticon. And those Vargai, not the Vargais, the yeah, the Vargais. I cannot figure out how to paint them. Hmm. Like I don't want to do them green, like the Crypt Horrors are green, and right. like, but they have to have some green in them. I don't know, like I don't know what color to make them, and so I'm trying to look at the other models and see what I can do to make them consistent. Mm-hmm. And I'm just stumped, like I don't have a color scheme idea for them. Have you tried going to uh, Cool Mini or not? And just kind of browsing their gallery. I do that all the time. I, I love looking there, and then I, I, yeah, I don't. I haven't gotten any inspiration, and the stuff that I do get inspired when I look at there, I don't know how to do that. Oh, yeah, I mean it's there. It's professional quality stuff. There. Right. I look at that and go, wow, I have no no but, idea. But in terms of like basic color palettes, I, yeah. I find it's a good it's, it's, visual. Aid. I'm I'm running into the trouble because there's got to be some green in it. The only exception to the green rule is the zombies, but they've got all the green grass and the green swamp water underneath them. I made sure that the bases were green. What about uh, like the, the wings, the membrane of the wings? Have that in green? That's kind of where I'm leading towards since the Terrorgeist has the green wings. That's yeah. what ties him in. I'm thinking that'll tie both units together. Or if you paint that like a base coat of like a, a pale flesh color and then wash it with a green. I don't know. Well, and that's what, I, that's what I did for the dire wolves. I did them all with a rotting flesh, yeah. and then I did a light green wash over it, and it just it gave it parts of it. It's just in sections. It's got that sort of it's this green moldy, looks like kinda, sick yeah, sort yeah. of look to it. I guess that's where I'm going to go with it. But uh, huh. actually, right now I'm just painting to get done. I want. I don't want to leave my Vampire Counts army seventy five percent painted. That's that's tough because there are going to be some units that you never field. I, I'm trying to do the same thing with my orcs and goblins. I will never have a regular goblin unit ever. Yeah, the way that they're 
but currently you want to, yeah, and I, I, but I still, I have, I have them. I want to paint them. You know, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Mm. I want to finish my black coach. I like my black coach. Mm. I want to field it, so I want to have that yeah. one painted and done. And I want to do the little conversion bits that I wanted to do on it, but I got the metal one, and it's like I'm, all, I'm like I got about a third of the way done with it, not quite halfway done with it, mm-hmm. and then they came with the fine cast one, and I could totally. With the fine cast, get the conversion oh, done right. quick and easy. Cut it up easily. The, but I already have this one, and I bought this one. I put the work in on this right. one. I don't want to start over, but that's the one I keep looking at. Going, yeah, I just keep, I just keep sliding <laughs> that to the back. <laughs> but so yeah, that's my thing. I've been, I've been, I've done a lot. I you got a, a lot, lot done in a week. I, you know, I'm the same. I bought an hour, hour and a half each day uh, for about five or six days in a row, and uh, yeah, I've been happy with the progress. So I'm going to see. That's going to be my thing. Oh, speaking of which, we are uh, total sidetrack here. We are doing, people have asked, you know, last year we did sort of the hobby, the monthly hobby challenge. Mm-hmm. And that was inspired by the, in fact, the hobby commitment that I was doing episode. That was totally inspired by the uh, independent characters. Yeah. On their show, that's what they were doing. Um, we were going to announce this, like, earlier in January. And then, like, Days before we recorded, Ben Curry came on and said that he had actually spoken to the guys right. from Independent Characters, and he's doing the same thing, uh, which made me stop and step back and say, well, if he's already doing it, do I want to do it? Would it be redundant? But we've got a lot of listeners who and people on the forums who said, no, we want to do it. Uh, so we're going to do that. Uh, we're going to post it up. We're going to have it a thread up. Um, like a subcategory under the painting and modeling for the hobby commitment challenge, yeah. and you're joining the challenge. I'm joining the challenge. I can't. I cannot win the prize. Sure, there will be a prize. Or what would that prize be? Uh, I'm not 100 percent certain yet, but I'm thinking it's going to be garage gear, <laughs> hoodies. Well, either a, yeah, a hoodie or, or a couple of t-shirts or something, and uh, maybe a poster with maybe the logo Stein, on it. That beer Stein. The beer Stein. That'd be yeah. cool. I don't know. It'd, it'd if, be if fun, you like a good this, motivator. Yeah. If anything. And uh, so basically, folks, uh, because we're starting, like, by the time you're hearing this, it's the middle of February. So we're going to run it March through December, which is 10 months. Mm. So you have to come up with, well, 2,000-point army by the end of the year. So it's 200 points a month. Starting, like, having models bought starting in March? Yeah, basically. I mean... So bare plastic starting in March. Yeah, starting starting with bare plastic in March. Um Honestly, if you've got them built already, I don't care. I'm more concerned that you, that you're. I mean, we're, this is a painting commitment, right? I mean, make your two thousand by the end of the yeah, year. Nobody, I don't, I don't know anybody who has a problem with building the models. It's the problem because you got to paint the, them. Yeah, right. So I don't care if they're built already. I don't think I even care if they've got them primed. Hmm. I mean, if you've got a unit that's already been primed and paint, I mean, how long does it take to spray prime? A that's unit. the easy part. Yeah, it's like five minutes. Yeah. So if that's already done, I'm not even counting that against you if you want to jump in. But so uh, basically, if you can paint about about 200 points a month, mm-hmm. uh, you got to log. Just you know, show up, show what you're doing every month. Keep it up. Do what your best. Um, I'm if you know, but I'm not. Lim- there's no rule that it has to be 200 a month. Do, do what you can. Do what you can, but you got to be at 2,000 by the end. So all those people who have met the 2,000 point requirement will what get they off, will be get entered into a they will get entered raffle? into yeah they'll get entered into a raffle. I think that's the fairest way. It is because we're not judging the quality of the paint. No, I just want you to get 2,000 points painted on the table. Mm. 
you know, to whatever standard you can do. You know, I, I ask that, you know, you work to your best standard. And you know what, what you can do is as you're completing units for your for the for the hobby challenge right you can enter in units into the monthly hobby challenge right because we are going to run that little monthly hobby challenge which isn't going to have you know and that's bragging rights you know right right i mean and if i don't know i mean i don't want to promise something from the prize closet because the prize closet is a little thin right now but mm. you know i don't know what we're going to do with that but we are going to do the 2000 point hobby commitment if you're already signed up on ben's and you want to use that same army and join into ours and just spread your you know i know people who paint their models and put that army up on seven different blogs or seven different forums because you want to get feedback and show people people all over the place so it's a a big communal motivational effort exactly uh just like fat hammer it's you know let's get together and show we can do so 2k by the end of the year starting march 1st so you can plan it prep it We'll have a separate little forum there for the challenge, and then there'll be the the thread will go. It'll you'll find it. It'll be there. It'll be there. And uh, so you just go in and start your own thread and keep everybody posted. Show them the you know pictures of the bare plastic. If you want to keep a a progress log showing, you know the steps along the way. Great. If you got you know here's the unpainted models. Here's the painted right. models. That's great too. Just you got to show your work when it's done. And I I personally love seeing that stuff because. Seeing other people progress on their armies makes me want to progress on mine. No kidding. For sure. I see, and I'm the laziest. I took a whole bunch of pictures of what I did, and I put them up on Twitter, and they're still in my phone. I haven't dumped them on the computer. Mm-hmm. I haven't done a color balance and cut them and posted them up on the on – the, mm-hmm. i got to get that up on the forums maybe this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love them. Dude, Mr. Saturdays on our mm-hmm. on our, yeah. on our our forums, that, that Famir army that he's like hands go. Did you see his glow in like the undead that he was doing with the weird purple? I don't think I saw that. You know how I was sitting there and I was dropping the uh, the, the scorpion green and the, the eyes and the mouth? Yeah, yeah. He did it with a different color, but then he like mixed in a little white and at the center it was pure white. So it's like so bright that it, it's like, and then it, the, the color fades out. So he's doing it in the skeleton's eyes. Oh, wow. And then like, you know, the there's the, the one bit for the skeletons that that whole bashed out back of the head, yeah. it's in there. Huh. It looked so... I even asked him, dude, how do you do that? That's, that's exactly what I wanted to do with my zombies and skeletons and didn't know how, and he did it. And then I read all the work he did into it, and I'm like, screw it. I'm just putting that <laughs> scorpion green back in. That's so much work. For- <laughs> well, yeah, it's... It- Anything you know that that looks that good, I'm sure it's it, not easy. Yeah, it was great. It was fantastic. But that was a total sidetrack. I did a lot of hobby. You did a lot of hobby. Mm-hmm. We're doing the hobby commitment. I don't. I mean, I don't want to say I don't care if Ben's doing it, but dude, we had this plan way before Ben announced that, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna cancel it just because I don't want to look like oh Ben's doing it. So, yeah, sure, I mean right. it's it's a coincidence. I mean the fact that I mean I said on the air when. Many times that I've taken the whole com- hobby commitment thing from the independent characters, mm-hmm. then to hear that Ben actually talked to them and did all this stuff, right, and I was right. just like, "Well, crap! That's well, it's, it's <laughs> all right." I mean, it, he draws inspiration from we draw we're drawing inspiration from the same source. Yeah, really, is all it's exactly. And so, like I said, we can all do it. It'll keep everybody going, and you might win something. There so. you go. Let's do other, and then get a quick break in. Uh, other, not much for me. Uh, you know, I've been watching Band of Brothers. Oh, yeah. does, saw that series on HBO. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, you know, a squad of the um, airborne infantry in World War II uh, 
you know, storming Normandy and all that. It's a good show. My brother-in-law's got like the whole series yeah, on DVD. Yeah, it yeah. is really good. So I've been play- playing that in the background while I've been doing the hobby stuff. Um, that's that's about it. I really haven't had much time between work and and everything else uh, for other. Uh, I've been painting, and I keep. I have. I bought Judge. I bought Dread, the new, the one that came out recently. Yeah. How was that? I liked it, and I will say this: it was made to be in 3D. Like you can see the way it was shot. It was designed for 3D. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot of fun. Uh, but then I watch it on I watch it on the television, and it's not in 3D, and you can see the shots that were obviously meant to be 3D. Does it take away from the overall? Well, I mean, it's it's just it's such a weird look because the shot. You know when there's that 3D thing and stuff's coming at you? Yeah, yeah. Well, in 3D, it's cool. It's coming at you. On the TV, it's still got that weird coming at you, but right, it's but it not looks 3D. Artificial. It looks very artificial. Uh-huh. It's, But the movie, if you like Judge Dredd, and if you like the old Judge Dredd comic, I mean, it's stuck to the comics. It's it's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. A lot of quality kills, lots of good violence nice. in that movie. Um, the funny thing is... I was talking to my buddy, uh, my other buddy, Chris, who's not you or Barnett. <laughs> you, um, you, you like her Chris's. I huh? don't know. It's just weird. The kids, you're Chris, you, and the Chris Barnett is Uncle Chris, and this, my buddy, is Big Chris. That's, that's <laughs> uh, they, you know. I was talking with him. We both watched this movie called The Raid, Redemption. Mm. And it's this movie. It's it, I, I was looking to figure out where it was made. All it said was Indonesia on the picture. But it's one of these Asian action pictures. And the movie starts off, and there's this cop, and they're going to this building, and the this like drug lord owns the building and keeps. It's like a giant apartment building, like ten, twelve stories, mm-hmm. and uh, you know he's got security around it. There's like a big a, a wall with a gated a gated you know wall around the building, and uh, basically it's just completely corrupt. If you're a criminal on the run, if you can pay the rent, you can live there, and the mm-hmm. cops can't get to you. And so there's these cops going in to raid the place and take it down. And that's the plot. We go in the building. We're going to take down the drug lord. Of course, they're going in quiet because there's only a few of them. Okay. And then they get spotted. And then basically the drug lord goes on the intercoms over the whole building. He's like, yeah, we got intruders here, and uh, I want them dead. So take them out. Whoever, he says, whoever takes them out gets to live here for free for the rest of their life. And then insane amounts of violence ensue. Hmm. It's fantastic. Is Quality it, kills. Is it subtitled or is it English? I was on Showtime and it was dubbed, oh, which I prefer yeah. subtitled. I'm I actually going to go buy it. I'm going to go look to see if I can find it tomorrow huh. after Harrison's party. I'm going to UGG to get my book. I'm going to Walmart to buy The Raid hmm. because it was quality violence. <laughs> A lot of just – it's that close. It's like that – Thai boxing or something like that. It's kind of it's like everyone's like with the knee kicks and the, right, and the right, close yeah. arm elbow hits and just that fast in close fighting. Guys coming down narrow hallways with machetes and the guy's fighting up three guys. I mean, she's got a tonfa, so he's mm-hmm. hitting the blocks and going back. Quality violence. Good stuff, it was huh? good. Funny thing is, and the reason I bring it up, the raid came out about two years ago, and then it came here last year, early in the year. Sony Picture Classics brought it over as mm-hmm. you know a great. The plot for Judge Dredd. Finds a drug dealer, grabs him for questioning. The head of the drug dealer says if they take him in for questioning, they're going to find out about a whole operation. So they lock down the freaking building, hmm. get on the intercom and say, we got two cops in the building, kill them. Hmm. It, it's the raid. It's the, same, yeah, it's it's the same plot. I mean, they totally ripped off the raid. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so I watched the same movie twice in two different days. One's a really cool sci-fi movie with lots of good shooting. And, and- 
artificial 3D. An artificial 3D. And the other one is just this raw, bare-bones, mm. dirty Asian action pick. Both of them quality pictures. So if you like your violence, they're both fun do. in their own ways. Though the oh, yeah. Raid sounds especially compelling. The Raid's actually a better picture. I hate to say it. It's much lower budget. But it doesn't have the, More the gripping. It, it doesn't have the gimmicky 3D, which right. was good when I saw it in the theater. Although it is Carl Urban as Judge Dredd, mm. who is Aomer from Lord of the Rings. Yeah, and, we talked about. And, that. and he's um, like you said, he's Captain, he's a uh, Doctor McCoy yeah. from Star yeah, Trek. Yeah, yeah. He's excellent. I can't say enough. But I'm done because I'm going on too long. Watch the raid, folks. It's gonna be it's it's excellent. Mm. I'm depressed. I accidentally, after it was done, I deleted it oh, from the DVR. No. I should have saved it because you could have come over one night and we could have sat yeah. down and you would have loved that movie. But I'm going to go buy you it. You want to it don't it matter. Hmm. Uh, so that's the toolbox. That's the toolbox. Okay, we're going to come back with uh, Alex and Carrie Ann Gonzalez. And, and Brad Schwant. And Brad Schwant. We're Elian, And yep. we're going to talk... Wapaka, Adepticon, and uh, sportsmanship, sportsmanship scores, soft scores, paint. We're going to hit the whole nine yards here. So, folks, we'll be back. Right, folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chessex Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted board and miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. Chaos Orc Superstore. Brian Steele, creative director of Dark Age Games and editor-in-chief of Ravage Magazine US, wants the Garage Hammer fans to head on over to coolminiornot.com and find some of the best games and miniature artistry assets the industry has to offer. From professional painting DVDs, art supplies, and a variety of amazing miniatures, from an assortment of different companies... Whether you're adding to your own army or starting up a new game like Dark Age, Cool Mini or Not has what you need. Welcome back to the Garage U Tools. Hey, hey! We are joined by uh, a myriad of people here. We have the Gonzaleses, both Alex and Carrie Ann. Welcome, guys. Hi! How are we doing? Pretty good. How are you? Thanks for joining us. Yes. We also have uh, another guest. You know him as Relian. We know him as the cheesiest player of the Twitterverse, Brad Schwantz. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. What's up? Is How you really doing? Bad. I, I still you you will forever be for me. My fluff is I took a list that's really good at winning. <laughs> <laughs> that's a valid yeah. approach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, everybody has fun a different way. There you go. Hey, no, I'm not blaming you for that. It was just funny because then someone called you on it. and You said, "Hey, why should I change?" It keeps getting me mentioned on podcasts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
It's really not that bad. It's just, uh, dude, I've played against it, it twice. It's, it's, it's not funny bad at all. when people give me crap for it, and it's not that bad. And then uh, I just run with it. My personal favorite line was people are giving you crap, and you're like, "Hey, shut up! You can't give me crap for taking a hard list at a no comp tournament." I know. You, know <laughs> you, you can't whine about it, and then go on forums later and brag about how we play in no comp and. Everybody else plays with all kinds of crazy comp. <laughs> well, you know what it is? It's people's uh, protection against, you know, in case they lose, they can blame, oh, yeah, such a hard list. <laughs> yeah. Oh, are you kidding? I've never lost a game except a really cheesy filth list. I've never, I've never lost anything Same that here. was talent. It's always because of a list and my dice failed me. I can honestly say that it's true. I've never actually lost a game. It's always been the opponent's list. <laughs> there you go. And bad dice. Yes, that too. Yeah. <laughs> You guys are great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. Oh, so, uh, Walpaca. All right. Uh, now, I've never been. I'm, I just, it, it's not. Someday, it's, Dave. It's at, a, it's at an amazingly inconvenient time of the year for the White Tech family. So, it's nothing, that, you know. You, I think you have to plan for 2014 now. You, get that day <laughs> scored away. Sure. Once they announce it, I'll try. But it's in the last three years, it's been announced at a time I just could not make it. So I keep crossing my fingers and hoping. That's all I can do. And I know you've been there, and I know you guys were there this year. Carrie Ann, did you go with? Nope. I was left at home this week, through this year. It was a, You were left at home, or was it a boys' weekend, and you were happy to be at home? Uh, I was pretty happy to be ho- at home until I found out that all the girls up there were like, well, where's Carrie Ann? Oh. Oh. <laughs> Including uh, Brad's better half, probably, Andrea, right? Yeah, you'll have to come next year as a player. The, there was uh, a contingent. Well, there were two female players. Yeah, there, no, guess. sorry, it's never going to happen. <laughs> I think I <laughs> talked to you about that at Screw City, actually. Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. That would be a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> now, see that right there was the reverse psychology. He says, no, I don't want her to play. Next year, she's going to come in with the total filth. Um, no, I have always told her I don't want her to play. <laughs> really? Uh, trying to I keep the two worlds separate? That many armies that quickly, and if she's not interested, I'm not going to make her do it. I can't even get her to play Bud Bowl, which is the football game. So, well, don't well you, you never know. I mean, I got Andrea into it, and I didn't want to paint her armies, and all of a sudden she's a better painter than I am. Well, I go. mean, okay, I'm going to let okay. that one go. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness, the the tension. <laughs> That's palpable. So, uh, give us a brief uh, a rundown on Wapaka. So, what were you guys were were expecting? And yeah, so experiences? I mean, th- this is like in the Midwest. This is sort of like I mean, of course, with the exception of Blood in the Sun, this is like the tournament that people need to go to. What's so? Tell everybody what's so awesome about it. Um, Brad, this is your first year going, right? Yeah, it was my first year. Um, I actually wasn't planning on going until I won second place in the Point Hammered contest. Oh, that's so, right. You won a ticket. I saw so. that. Yeah. And then you managed to bamboozle a ticket for Andrea, too. Yeah, she snuck in on the waiting list the uh, last couple of days, I think. Yep. So what would you think? Um, well, going in... Um, I I posted, okay, yeah, I'm going to bring my normal, terrible, filthy Skaven list, and everybody's giving me crap, so I I folded (laughs) under pressure. Oh, wow. A normal Skaven list, which was still, by uh, Wapaka standards, pretty pretty tough. Mm. Um, 
and uh, the the format of the tournament, I, I was expecting to actually get lower um, sportsmanship scores because it's 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 basically thirty thirty three percent for sports painting and battle, and uh, I, I kind of figured uh, the way that I like to play and my painting is not world class or even probably top of the Midwest, so I, I kind of was just going for fun. Um, and going into it, I mean, that was really the whole plan. I showed up uh, Friday night for the 1,000-point tournament, and Raj handed me my entry fee back, and I, I drank the $70 that <laughs> night. So That's money well spent. <laughs> yes, yes. And he drank the $70 and still did not win the Johnny Hastings Hangover Award. No, but I did win the 1,000-point tournament. <laughs> oh, oh, there you go. Nice. So, I, so I got more beer money. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, he was in a really good state come Saturday morning. Well, yeah, I guess Friday night, um, you'll probably hear about it on Point Hammer, but I threw up all over the bathroom. Oh, I saw your tweet on that. Well, somebody <laughs> has to. Isn't there a rule? Yeah, it was It was pretty ridiculous. I mean, I, I don't even remember my last two games. Uh, I played Conzi first, and uh, we walk up to the table, and he's like, okay, we're doing a shot every turn. And uh, after about the third turn, I don't remember the rest of the tournament. But uh, Wow. Apparently, I played pretty well. Wow, he blacks out and still wins. <laughs> you know what? I hate you. <laughs> I stay sober. I concentrate. I play my hardest, best game. And if I'm lucky, I wind up in the middle tables. Well, I mean, that really set the tone for the whole weekend because no the whole the whole weekend was was a ton of fun. Just uh, alcohol, hanging out with guys all over the country, and, and screwing around on the table playing some Warhammer. So this is not exactly a kid friendly tournament, we would say. That is a lie. Um, okay. There was actually. Jeez, I don't mean to be a liar. <laughs> you liar. No, 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 no. But I'm saying is like there actually was a kid playing in the tournament. But how old was this kid? Uh, Carl, I think is. He's a still young kid. He's only like twelve or thirteen. Oh, so he's. Yeah, I was going to guess maybe fourteen at the most. Fourteen? Yeah, that sounds about right. But I played him at the first Wapaka four years ago. When he was nine. Or eight. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. Huh. He wrote his own army list. He painted his own stuff. I mean, you know, he's... He's, he's there still with his dad, playing. I'm assuming. Um, yeah, his dad was playing right behind him when I played him a couple years ago. But, you know, he's no slouch of a player. And for some reason, his dad continues to bring him. Um, well, it's, it is a good crowd. I mean, if you no, can... it's The crowd is probably the best part of this tournament. Aside from, you know, the terrain and the venue, but the crowd is arguably the biggest reason that Wapaka is, like, one of those tournaments that you have to go to so more the, than anything. So during the tournament, it's kid-friendly. I suppose if you just make sure that the kid's in the hotel room and not come into the after-hours partying portion, I suppose then, yeah. Yeah, um, I'd agree with that. <laughs> yeah, the after-hours no, got pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even stick around for the after hours because I'm an old man and I need my sleep. <laughs> um, no, it's just, it continues to get better and better every year. The crowd gets better and better every year. And I think that's the biggest reason why Wapaka is like, okay, I'm figuring out what tournaments I'm going to this year. Wapaka. That's the first one on the list. I heard Bear is increasing, well, they collectively are increasing the size of the tournament for next year to 100 or 90 or something. They're just trying to screw with the North Star, so let them. Okay, wait, what, okay, what, what do, do you mean? What do you mean by that? Well, the whole thing is, like, 
going up, leading up to Northstar, um, him and Stentz kept going back and forth about how many people they were having. And at the cap for Northstar, I think it was like 80 people. So Bear made an extra table just to get it to 82. Oh. <laughs> just for spite. So I think Stentz is going to try to pick up the Northstar and make that bigger. So by result, they have to make Packa bigger, although I don't know where the hell they're going to put tables. How many How many players are? did you guys increase Blood in the Sun? Well, I don't want to toot my own horn, but we're at 90. Toot toot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 90. 90. Uh, yeah. 82 schmady two. <laughs> <laughs> but that's sponsored by Garage Hammer. Right. <laughs> what? 176. Well, okay. You Ooh, win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mr. Man. Nobody's trying to stand up to Adepticon. <laughs> <laughs> Which we'll talk about uh, shortly. Yeah, absolutely. So you guys went in. Friday night they had a thousand point tournament. It was five rounds on Saturday, right? Twenty four hundred points? No, God no. Oh no, two thousand. It was three rounds Saturday, two thousand points, and then two on Sunday. Oh, I I meant five rounds total. I'm sorry. I was I was unclear. No, it's cool. Um, oh, no, five rounds in one day? Oh dear lord. <laughs> it sucks, but I've done it. Iron Man Warhammer. Yeah, that's um, that's rough. Anyway, uh but Friday night, um, they had the pre-tournament festivities, which was like the parade of banners, which is all different gaming crews. They make their own banners. They nominated a champion to play um, an extra game Saturday night against a champion from a similarly sized club. So that was nice to see. Yeah, it was nice to see all of those kind of clubs represented because you get to see uh, the sexy Illinois boys, uh, Snake Eyes Boxcars, Leadership Two, Twisted Troop, just these guys from weren't, all over the place. I mean, Leadership Two is from Cali. And there, and, weren't and, the boys there too from from out east? Yeah. Um, well, Moyer was there, but he uh, he was the only one, so he w- he joined up with uh, Leadership Two for the weekend. Oh, okay. So he he didn't want to be the boy. The <laughs> <Du> boy. <laughs> I think you had to have three three people minimum for a team. Oh, oh okay. This one's the on the. Wannabes, uh, yeah, yeah. That Andrew and I went. And we uh, we were mercenaries for the sexy Illinois boys team. Come and go. Oh, okay. There you go. Nice. So three rounds. Now everyone talks about the tables and the terrain. You mentioned it yourself. So what about that? Um, it's all very interesting. It's all very well done. If you don't come prepared to play on a water table, don't come back up. A lot of the tables that Ryan puts together have water features on them, and a lot of them are of substantial size, um, like board-stretching rivers. Um, they so did, I take it you did not like that. No, I actually didn't mind it as much um, with the new rules for water features, but they changed it to make most of them essentially just dangerous terrain. So this way they were a little more manageable. So they simplified the rules a little bit. Did you end up playing any of your games on any of those uh, heavy river tables? I played one, two games on heavy river tables. Yeah, I think I only had uh, had one. Now, you, oh. now, Brad, you brought your Skaven. Alex, did you bring your Goblin Army? No, I brought the Ogres. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was that guy. 
There's a lot of those guys. <laughs> there yeah, were a lot yeah of those I guys. think I think being that guy is already over. If you're still playing your ogres, people just don't even. It does. I don't think it's phasing anybody. We'll be playing ogre warriors hammer at uh, at uh, Adepticon. Is my guess here at this point? Sign me up. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I think people are starting to really get over ogres because they they're the cool kid army right now, but I don't know. Like I placed the highest of all the ogre players there, and I had probably the crappiest ogre list there. Huh. So, well, and uh, even 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 my venom for them has started to wane. I'm just it's not it doesn't bug me as much anymore. So. I think it's just chafing people to the point where it's like I don't want to play this army anymore because it's too simplistic. You just push it forward if you build it that way. Yeah, play. I yeah I played I played against one of those. Cranky was talking about for 2014 at bits making a like all Noblar army. I thought you were going to do that. I am not doing. Why do you push me to do like, these? I know you. I can see yeah. it in your eyes. I know you're Noblar challenge. Yeah. <laughs> Noblar challenge. You guys can all. I I seriously don't think you can do it. So why even bring it up? <laughs> so uh, oh, did oh, you oh, did oh, you oh, see oh, any oh. of the pics of the uh, the what was it? Uh, I forgot what team it was, but they brought uh, nine guys or so that had all the exact same vampire counts list. I did see yes. as many zombies as they could bring. They I had a contest. Club auto break, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They had a contest over the tournament for uh, the person that killed the most zombies. Against their all of their armies, and they kept track collectively over the whole weekend, right? Over the whole weekend. So I think so, you should uh, you should bring that army, Dave. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> seriously though, okay, that right there is something that it, now I, I heard that story. That's a, that's something that makes me want to go even more. It's not something set up by the the tos. There's a team that went there all with the same army, and said, we're going to keep track of uh, how our opponents do against these. And reward you for and it. And reward the, the guy who does what, the best what did they against win? us. The, the best part was they had an app on their phones that tracked uh, oh all of their God. opponents. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Uh, I, think they, they just handed, I think they handed out some beer or something. There might have been uh, a plaque or a trophy for the first place. I'm not <laughs> sure. Uh, Give them a couple the, of zombies. <laughs> the guy that killed the most zombies over the weekend was actually Mike Ballard, playing Tomb Kings of all things. <laughs> Huh. No, he, he had Archon, and apparently he got a couple of side uh, purple suns going oh. off. Oh, so and breaking that, in the dust. That, that'll do it. But he got a mug, um, and next year when he comes to Wapaka, all he has to do is point at somebody from Club Auto Break and say, Beer me. Wow. And they keep it full all weekend. Oh my gosh, that sounds oh, terrible. That is sick. That is awesome. <laughs> oh, That's such a great idea. But, it is a really cool contest, but but how cool is that? That that's. Yeah. I mean, you were talking about how the 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 people who go to the tournament are what make the tournament. That's an example of what people who go to this tournament are like. I mean, they're setting up their own little contests and games because. I mean, it, it's weird, I mean, because I know, I mean, Wapaka has a reputation of being no comp, but don't be a douche at the same time. It's like, you know, it's sort of that, that contradiction. And good pain and well, stuff. The thing the, is, it's, the only, I, it's only a yeah. 30 year points, so, you know. Yeah, the, the idea that uh, it, it's very much not all about just demolishing your opponent and it's very soft score heavy really made all of the games and the entire weekend so much more laid back and a, and a whole lot of fun it's interesting that you say that brad because you're typically um 
I don't want to say a win at all cost type player, but you do play to win. So this I tournament is kind of against your I grade. definitely tried to demolish all of my opponents, but I I did it as usual with the uh, the the utmost sportsmanship possible. <laughs> I I will say this for Brad. I've played him twice. I beat him once. I lost to him once. I won by a bigger margin than I lost by, but that's not the point. <laughs> I think the point is that the, the game that you beat me in uh, didn't actually count because it wasn't during a tournament. No, it oh. wasn't. That's true. That's true. <laughs> and the, hey, that's true. <laughs> I just uh, defended myself because you're trying to bring this up and justify your point. No, but, no, no, uh, no, no. What I'm saying continue. is that the, uh, th- that Brad's a really fun player. He really is. And for a person who's got a reputation of being hard list, all go, no quit, I'm going to win this game, I had a great time. Well, that, that's the key, I think, to tournament success is to uh, destroy your opponent and they have a smile while it's happening. Yeah, kick their teeth in and then they thank you for it right. at the end. Exactly. If, if I didn't actually have that going on, I wouldn't be able to win anything or score very high because my sportsmanship scores would be terrible. <laughs> And I have enough of a hurdle to get over just by playing Skaven. <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs> so were the scenarios at Wapaka, were they um, objective heavy, or was it simple win-loss draw? Fred, do you want to talk about this one, or at least go yeah, first? Yeah, sure. I actually have my tournament pack here, but um, it was very objective heavy. I think wins were, uh, were three points, and objectives were two points at the max. So, I mean, if you get an objective and still lose... Um, sometimes even losing, you get a point. So, I mean, you can score just as many points for losing and getting your objective than you could for winning the actual game. Yeah, yeah. I think that's how they had it uh, two years ago when I was there. So you say that. It, it, yeah, it's or maybe, maybe it was one point for the objective and up to three for winning, because I think four points per game was a max, maybe. Yeah. But, but either, uh, if you get three points, you get if you lose but get the objective, that means your opponent didn't get it, because none of the scenarios allowed for both players to get the objective. So your opponent may have beaten you and gotten three points, but you got two, so you're only a point behind him. Yeah, I think I think a couple of the first ones both could, but then towards the end of the tournament, the second day, they definitely separated it where you, you could even get negative points for objectives on a couple of the last ones to really separate the um, the crowd because it's very tightly packed together. Mm-hmm. Um, the third scenario for Wapaka, anybody can get up to three points in that scenario. Oh, okay. So the whole thing is it's based on how many points of your opponent you kill, and that's it. Oh, so okay. Yeah, if I, I you guys that. both play and you both slaughter each other, but you both get three points. So knowing the scenarios, uh, kind of in hindsight, how would you build your armies to best perform for those scenarios? Well, the way I went in, I I did definitely change my army. Um, Didn't you change it on more, accident, though? Well, I was going to add some assassins, and I kind of forgot before I turned in my list and just went <laughs> with it. But uh, it was it was better that I did because I had an extra unit of clan rats, which means I had extra fortitude, which basically the whole tournament, you, you had to score objectives by having fortitude in different areas and doing different things. So um, it definitely... Seeing the scenarios beforehand um, changed the way I built my list, and it was it was a good thing I did. Cool. Um, mine was built before I I don't look at the scenarios before I go to tournaments. I just build my list and go. Um, but my list was actually built almost perfect for all the fortitude scenarios. I have an eight fortitude walking around. Wow. So. 
any of the fortitude based scenarios, I'm up on my opponent by two or three fortitude points. Hey, baby, I made fortitude. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I was excited to be able to create fortitude during eight fortitude games, and then I had. Sorry. (laughs) Then I ended up playing ogres twice, and then all fast cavalry warriors and chaos, so I couldn't even do it. Oh, Mm jeez. All fast cav warriors. Whose was that list? Uh, Brian Moyer. He he had all fast cav uh, dogs, marauder horsemen. The new Slanesh guys. He did have one unit of Skull Crushers, and then he had his characters mounted. Nice. Huh. It was it was a very very interesting, cool list uh, that I give him a lot of credit for doing well with. Um, but uh, it, yeah, it was fun. It was a fun list. Well, this seems to be the tournament. If you're going to take something, that people are going to look at you funny for taking it. Mm-hmm. This would be the one. Yeah, he had the whole thing modeled up with the uh, the Hobbit uh, sets. Like his skull crushers were the big trolls from the kit with like skull crusher legs molded onto them, and all his dogs were the 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 wolves or the wargs, and uh, I think his uh, um his wolf riders were the warg riders too from or the goblin warg riders from the the hobbit kits. So it was it was pretty cool. Even the uh, the skull crushers, the bases they were on was made off of the uh, um, the goblin town set. And uh, his level four shadow mage was was Gandalf the Gray. Oh, that's cool! Oh, nice. So yeah, it was nice pretty theme. cool. Now I know uh, special characters were allowed at Wapaka. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Did you guys see a lot of those? Um, I played Archon one game, and that was all the special characters I went against. I let me see. I did not play against any at all. I don't think. So it sounds like there weren't a lot, dis- uh, despite the having that availability to the players. Um, there were two Archon the Blacks at a minimum. Um, I didn't see too many else. I suppose at two thousand points, I can't think of anything else that I would I saw either. I think at two thousand points, it kind of limits uh, some of the, the the worst offenders. Not really, because some of the worst offenders are the cheapest. Yeah, like, I think the only one it really gets rid of is, is Kairos. Yeah, the big chicken and the other guys. But Throg at 175 points, that guy is a house. But I didn't think I saw a, a single troll list. I bet you do next year. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if, Most if people are not model. $60 for an ugly model, so. Did you say it's an Wait, ugly model? The, the Throg model? I hate that. Oh, we, we, all right. Let's we got to boot Alex. Okay. Well, <laughs> next topic. Let's not argue. <laughs> yeah, you mean the new one, the one with the the crown on the tooth and the axes in the back and the that that giganto guy. That's we're talking yeah. beefy arms. Okay. Okay. Keep in mind, I'm in the very vast minority on this one. Um, I actually did not like most of the new models that they came out with. And by most, I mean the only ones I liked were Festus, Valkyrie, and the Dragon Ogres. Okay. I just got the rest was garbage. They're, they're fantastic. Fair enough. We can all agree to disagree. You also didn't like most of the stuff that came out for the Ogre list when it came out. I remember you being like, oh, this is crap. Yeah, because it is. <laughs> <laughs> but so. to be fair, I did buy all of that garbage because it's really good. 
Oh, the truth comes out. Nice, I see. Oh, the all goblins fluffy list player. Uh, the, the 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 other side. Alex Wack Gonzalez. That's two A's. You don't play a whack list with no magic and a tyrant on a flying carpet. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's got you there. I wouldn't know. I don't play ogres. It's cheese. Right. Yeah. So- it's cheese. <laughs> Unless you're playing a thousand Noblar list, which I'm, no, I'm not tempted to try. No, no, I'm not tempted. No, no, the seed's already there. It's I know it is. Thousand zombies. Thousand zombies. No, yeah. I only have two hundred and fifty. You could so easily better get do to it. work. I better get to work. Y'all better kiss my fat white hinder. I ain't doing it. Just gotta start up the machine. I know you could do it. You, no, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I painted five hundred models. I bet left. you can't do it. You can't do it. Not not to any level of quality. No. Okay, all your cheap attempts at reverse psychology will work if you don't stop it. Now, leave me alone. I'll paint it if you guys buy them. I am not buying a 1,000 Noblars. Not doing it. That's 40 boxes of Noblars, and that still won't get it. All you need to do is buy one and then sculpt it out of, you know, make a little oh, mold. Sure, I got nothing better to do. What the hell? Anyway, back to Alpaca. No, back to... Yeah. yeah. Um, um, but... Okay, we were talking about the tables mm-hmm. at one point. Ryan actually had one of the tables with an operating uh, water wheel. Nice. So it, it was, was actual sp- water? No, it was spinning. No, but, yeah, it spun, though. Huh. It almost looked like a perpetual motion machine until he showed you how it worked. Yeah. Nice. If you listen to that particular podcast, they talk about it all the time. But, oh, my God. Um. You know, Ryan the name does... of the podcast. We're not, you know, we're not exclusive. Well, you're talking about that particular episode, right? Oh, wasn't that the the thing that they've talked about of uh, getting the that thing to motion machine. yeah, perpetual motion, yeah, yeah. Um, but the tables are great. He even had some uh, towers floating off of the table by use of chain. I and saw that. That height. was my favorite table. It was amazing. Yeah. It's just the quality is outstanding, and that Ryan does all of this is—it's nuts. And they're all different, and they're all great. I posted pictures of my third game, and it was a pretty tame table. And I remember people going, "Oh my god, that's an excellent table." Do they all look like that? And I was like, "Oh no, they're all better than this yeah. one." Hmm. That sounds pretty cool. I really. You know, every time we talk about it, I say I want to go next year, and every year it never happens. This is like the this is like my sad, sad. Everyone goes, and I sit at home with the little it, long face. It it took us ten and a half hours to drive home, and it was a huge long trip. And after going, it's it is on our list of must do for next year. It was so much fun. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, do you guys have any, anything else? I mean, I I'm kind of well, sold. How did you guys end up on the tournament at the end of the end of the weekend? Um, I went four and one, and finished sixth. Nice. And I went four and one and finished seventh. Very good. That's a that's a great performance. Yeah, it was uh, it was a whole lot of fun. Uh, Alex, did you have any any particular games that you really enjoyed? Um. Well, I think the two that really stand out in my brain, um, game one, I got to play Chris Braska um, of Skull Bros fame. Um, and I'd never gotten to play Chris. I've always played Rotor, and I finally got to play Chris, and that was a big hoot for me. And then uh, 
game four, my only loss, I played Dave Bednarik. And oh, if sure. you never played Dave and you're in the Midwest, you need to play against Dave Bednarik. Was he running his Tomb Kings? No, his what else? Ah, okay. He's, he was doing really well, too. I know he was up at the top after the first day. Yeah, he was right up there with me, and then he played somebody round five. I think he played Travis Knight and just got smashed. So, I don't know. Dang. Yeah, I had uh, I had two really memorable, memorable games as well. I uh, The third game, the singing game, um, I played against uh, Paul Wagner, and... Uh, I rolled seven ones for meeting engagement for reserves, oh. Oh and uh, and then he stole the initiative, and uh, oh. he was playing his ogres and, and kind of pushed him forward because, I mean, what else are you going to do when I don't have anything on the table and he's playing ogres? Um, so my entire army was able to come in on the far edge and flank and just uh, initiative test all over his army and cannons, and it was bad. Oh. But uh, we had a great time, and just the fact that my entire army was in reserve was ridiculous. And then uh, my fourth game um, was probably one of the more fun games I've ever played at a tournament. Um, I played against Alex Davey, who was the first time I'd met him. And um, we had a knockdown drag out game. And uh, he was so much fun to play against that. uh, I mean, I voted him for best uh, opponent for sure, but it was, it was an awesome game. Very cool. Nice. All right. Well, listen. Um, I think we've said all there is to say about Wapaka, and uh, hopefully, we've got some people listening who are now tempted to try to sign up and fill up those extra spots that Bear is. And if, you know, eventually, it's going to get so big, he's going to have to stop building tables and build an addition onto the ale house, and a little extension, what, yeah, yeah, for them so that the, so that he can have his tournament. But um, we need to get you there, though. I I that's, want to go. Yeah, you two promise. Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah, that's I got a challenge. I should say. You, me, and Grant. Well, there'd be three. We could be a team. We go. We gotta. We'll have a banner. We'll uh, nominate champion. a champion. Yeah, standard bearer. Excellent. Yeah, we should do it. All right. Well, commercial break, and then we'll be back, and then we'll talk a little Adepticon. Maybe yes. we can. Maybe we can sneak a little uh, exclusive information out of Sir, uh, Sir Alex. Yeah. All right, right back. Gamers out there, Blood in the Sun 3, Enchanted Under the Sea, June 22nd to 23rd, 2013. A two-day Warhammer Fantasy Battle Tournament held just outside of Chicago, Illinois. Meet players from around the country, compete with armies of all types. Blood in the Sun 3, Enchanted Under the Sea. For information, go to bloodinthesun.com. Okay, listen, before we go back to the show, Chris. What's up? I got to get a centerpiece model for for a new army that I'm starting to build. So you're looking for something that uh, is striking on a tabletop and is well-crafted and uh, just overall looks great? Yeah, something fancy. 
Well, for inspirational miniatures, you should head over to Beers Miniatures. They've got a wide selection of, uh, of miniatures ranging from monsters to individual characters uh, and everything in between. Duh, yeah, our sponsor. Uh, and the, uh, the Bane Legions line, that's what it was, was the Bane Legions models. Yeah, there you go. That stuff's awesome. It's not Bane Legions anymore, though, now. It's the Darklands line. The Darklands line, yes. Yeah, okay. Check them out. Excellent. Fantastic. All right. All right, welcome back to the Garage Tools. It's time for more... Tournament talk with tournament organizer and legend, the Gonzalez family, and also um, the infamous, the infamous Gonzalez family, and uh, Brad Schwant, the infamous Relian, that dirty rotten Skaven player. Oh, who I'm one and one against? Did I mention that by the by the way? I just wanted to know if I mentioned that I'm one and one. I think you mentioned it. Okay, once or twice. <laughs> So let's talk. It's so nothing to be proud of. I'm fifty percent. That's a fail. But I mean, I didn't lose all my games to him, and that's saying something. Ow, that hurt. Well, tournament games. Brad and I have only played the one time, which I I did lose that one, but that loss is forever etched into the back of my brain. Yeah, it was a quality game. Uh, mine was close to. Pardon me, Alex. I don't even think I've ever played Brad. No. uh... All the big tournaments that I go to, you're usually running them. You should yeah, grudge them for bits. No, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually don't thought start about it. In the losers bracket? Are you kidding me? I thought about it. I said, "Man, I was we. I lost eleven nine that game, and that was with the coven thrown. If I took a real list, I might have been able to win. I don't know." <laughs> All right, well, let's talk a little bit about Adepticon. Uh, we're all going. I hope Alex is going. He's running the damn thing. You better, yeah, you be, better there. be there. Oh, yeah, we're going to be there. We'll be there. <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, Alex, Carrie Ann, you've got, let's see, uh, Friday is the team tournament, if I'm correct. You are. And then Saturday, is, Saturday and Sunday, the big five-round 2,400-point uh, GT. Am I correct? Yeah, that's Saturday. Excellent. I'm so looking forward to that. Yeah, no kidding. And uh, so, uh, any uh, anything else going? Any surprises? Anything that as you want to talk about? Was there anything uh, different this anything year different? From, yeah. as opposed to last year in terms of... Um, Adepticon is now moved to Thursday as well, um, which you guys missed. Uh, we have two 1,000-point events going on Thursday as well. That's right. I knew there was something more than just the two tournaments. I couldn't think of what it was, but that's right. It's Thursday. Those are the. Uh, it's how you use it. Tournaments. Yeah. Yeah. So each one is like a half day, but it's uh, what three rounds, a thousand points each. Yeah. 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 See, I yeah I can't take off Thursday and Friday from 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 school from teaching. So. No, it's a lot to ask to have somebody go for all four days. So. Yeah, we're planning to to barely make it. Uh, Thursday in the afternoon for the late one. We won't be able to be there all day. Yeah, I'm actually not even going to be able to make it in time for the team tournament. i got to see the kids out the door. I'm not going to get there till about 10 or 11 o'clock on Friday morning. But okay. I figured then I can I can hit the little vendor room, and I got I signed up, for a, couple of, into it. I signed up sure. for a couple of Friday classes. I figured there's still a, a class, a painting class or two I want to take. 
Yeah, I'll be there Thursday night for our painting class. Yeah. And then everything else on the other days there. Who so know, Who knows if I... Uh, Learn a lot from those Jim Wapple videos. Well, I won't get those in time, so maybe I'll learn something before I get them. There you go. Uh, with regards to the uh, Adepticon Championships, uh, Alex, so Warriors of Chaos, those will obviously be, the new book will be obviously be legal. Yeah, it will be. And that's a cha- slight change in policy from last year? Uh, that, no. Because um, I thought last year the Orcs and Goblins book was not legal, despite it being released, but people showed up with it anyway. It was not legal. We did say something to that effect, but people brought it anyway. But that book um, came out in March. Yeah, right. Yeah, Just real that close was, to Adepticon. Yeah. It came yeah. out less than a month before, and we told people that was our cutoff date, and people showed up with it anyway. Um, but we've got, you know, essentially a month and a half prior now, mm-hmm. with it coming out tomorrow, there's no excuse Realistically, no. Well, people will want to play the new book and use the new models for sure. Uh, okay, but <laughs> no, the whole thing is, it's like shouldn't be confusion on this year. And if you show up with the softback book, you will not be allowed to play it. So I don't think anyone would do that, though. I would hope not. So there won't, yeah, there won't be any confusion. It will only be the new Warriors of Chaos rule book, not mm-hmm. the old one. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, let me ask you this, Alex, before I ask you some more Adepticon questions. Which do you dislike more, the new Warriors or Orcs? That's really not a question. It's Orcs. Oh, excuse me. I mean, Damn. no. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. I'm going to do this one time, and that'll be <laughs> So get comfortable I, out there, listeners. Yeah. Settle, that, settle in, folks. Orcs and me is just more like, I poke at people about them because they don't have a sense of humor. They're not all that great, even though they happily womp a stomp me when I play them. But the point is, it's just not my thing. I razz people for it. The new Warriors book is great. The models are garbage. But, no, that's about it. Well, you know, that's like your opinion, man. (laughs) (laughs) I I totally understand. I am a very small minority on this one. But I'm not a fan. So, but anyway. Interesting. So. Okay. Uh, switching gears back to Adepticon. Uh, any, can you offer any hints, tidbits, uh, as um, far as the scenarios? Uh, should we expect the same scenarios as last year, or are they going to be changing? <laughs> no. No, um, they're not going to be changing, or no, you're not giving us they're, hints? They're not the same. I wrote 11 new scenarios for this year. Oh, wow. Because um, I'm oh, running the... Two one thousand pointers on Thursday. There, okay, there's three. No, that's six. Three and three. Oh, but you're not running the same three in each tournament. No. We figured since it's the only thing happening on Thursday, and we have had complaints in the past about how they were the same for both sets, that this year, since it's the only thing going on, we should probably do the six scenarios. Oh, so, is the complaint so the, being uh, the, the, the afternoon session would have an advantage because they knew what the scenarios were ahead of time? Well, it's not just an advantage. It's also boredom. Oh, so if they signed up for oh, both. Oh, I see. I signed up for two tournaments. I want two I want separate sets of rules. Get right. to work, Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah, well, do your job. And, Come on. No, and that's exactly what it was that we did this year is we wanted to make sure that this was the year to go to Adepticon and 
be as good as we possibly can in every possible regard. Um, the only thing I think we kind of dropped the ball on was Thursday and not doing the big brawl, but there were a lot of things that led up to that decision. So, Well, I think with all the changes, something had to give. In, I think it would opinion, have been tough to, to, to fill it up. Yeah. No, it would have filled up. The thing is... Well, yeah, especially since the championships sold out in like three hours as opposed to three three. But it's a matter weeks. of tables, isn't Well, it? I'm just saying, you know they would have, if they would... You're not right. the how you use it wasn't going to take up that whole room. Maybe I just would have been disappointed that I wouldn't have been able to make it for all day on Thursday. I think that's what it is. Oh yeah, nobody wanted. I to think that's why they decided Brad. not to have it. That's well, not... yeah, because we were <laughs> never having Thursday. We weren't quite sure how many people we were going to get and things like that. So something that had a little bit more flexibility seemed like the better choice. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that works. That worked perfectly for us because we're going to be able to make the afternoon how you use it. So all new scenarios for the championships this year. That is interesting. Looking forward to seeing how those play out. Yeah. Um, and it's also the new format of the tournament. Like, if you've looked at the schedule for it on the website, it's three-hour rounds with longer breaks in between. Um, we start later, end earlier. It's fantastic. I like it. Yeah, the nice. big reason that we made all these changes is if you played at Adepticon last year and you played in the championship, we're slamming four games in one day with not long enough breaks mm-hmm. and just not enough time between rounds for people to do probably the best reason that we go to these tournaments, which is to socialize and to see the people that we only get to see a couple times a year. Mm-hmm. So that was our big motivation to do what we did with these changes. That was honestly the best part of Adepticon for me last year. I mean, to hell, I came in and like in the bottom like four people. So it was the tournament itself was sort of grueling, but in between rounds you got to hang out and see all these all these great people. Oh, yeah. Last year, last year was rough for me for that same reason. <laughs> I was, was too much uh, to do. I was I was writing uh, for a blog at the time called Dark Feature Games. It's mostly a 40k blog, and they had a contest where if. Uh, we're wearing oh, yeah. our blog T-shirts, and you come up with a drink for us. We have to accept it and drink it. And uh, Mark Dieter from Ohio Hammer, that's, that jerk, he brought me two cases of beer over the weekend. And uh, I gave a couple out to my opponents, but I, I drank those two cases over the entire weekend of playing Warhammer. You had to drink free beer? Man, that's a rough life. I would have punched him right in the ding-ding. Two <laughs> cases of beer, that's a lot, man. Uh, I'll see. You, uh, I'll buy you uh, sixty beers this weekend or that weekend, Chris, and see if you can finish them. Uh, I will see what I can do. <laughs> I pass, find me passed out in the gutter. <laughs> uh, so, okay, Alex, let me ask you about terrain because typically in the past, Adepticon terrain has always been the same: uh, the mm-hmm. two hills, two forests, a building, and some random piece. And every table is is the same. Is that going to be changing this year as well? Um. A little bit, not by much. Um, I think that's probably the biggest thing that we need to work on going forward is just the number of tables that we have available and then the terrain that we have. Um, It's just a matter of finding people willing to do it and put that time and effort into it to make it look good. So, but this is a lot of tables. How many players? How many players? Well, we capped it at registration at 140. Okay. Um, and then we had the registration to go 
absolutely bananas, sells out in less than six hours, and it's like, okay, wait a minute, I have a 60-person waiting list, I need to do something about this. Um, so we restructured everything, and I was actually able to find uh, Chad Hansen, and if you don't know who Chad is, and if you got in on the waiting list for Adepticon, you need to buy that man a drink. Because that man made 15 tables worth of terrain for us. So this way we could get myself. Wow. wow. Yeah. He single-handedly did this? Yeah. Wow. Man. So if you got Most in impressive. on the first 30 people off the waiting list, you need to buy Chad Hansen a drink. So it's 170. So that's, yeah, that's 85 tables. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a lot of terrain. It's understandable that you're, you know... As you said, you, you, it needs a little work, but I mean, damn, that's a lot. That's a lot of tables. It is, but I don't know. The big thing that I try to do with Adepticon is that you get the same product with that kind of volume. It's just like to try to do eighty-five tables, like what Ryan does or what you guys do for bits. It's not feasible, and I want it to be able to players to be able to say it wasn't the terrain. That cost me the game. It was me or my opponent just whipped me. So I don't want... I've heard enough people say, oh, the terrain beat me in 8th edition. The terrain sucks. Well, I want to take that away from you. I want you to be able to come in, get in as many games as you can, and just say either I'm winning or I'm losing... And it had nothing to do with the table. Now, don't worry about me blaming the table. I got dice to blame. I got crummy lists to blame. I got all sorts of stuff to blame. You got bad to blame, I yeah, know. exactly. Right. <laughs> don't hate me just because I'm beautiful. I got but, a thousand other reasons to hate you, sweetheart. Don't worry about it. So, but the whole thing is I want it to be able to say this is me against my opponent, not me against my opponent and the table. So, so. just to follow up on that point... Uh, you know, a player versus player. I know a lot of people, as they listen to this, are probably putting together their lists and painting models for Adepticon. Uh, is there any advice that you might offer for people as they create their lists for the championships? Um, you need to have at least four fortitude in your army. Otherwise, you ain't going to have fun. Oh, um, I've got to rewrite my list. God damn it. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's like there's only a couple of builds that that really nerfs, like a Tremonic Legion or whatever. But oh, yeah, I guess I just remember, I remember Adepticon two years ago, which was my first time playing in the championship. That was right after that was the first Adepticon after Eighth came out, and people came with no Fortitude lists because they just they had or in Fortitude of two they had a general, you know, and they're just like they were so used to those kind of lists they weren't expecting. Mm-hmm. To get that, and there were—I remember that yeah, there was people who were just like, "Well, we're out!" Like before the game started on that last game, and, uh, and that, that, that happens. But that's, you know, I, I think that goes back to when we talk about list design. You know, if you're trying to build an all-comers list and you're looking at the basic, even the book scenarios, you know, you got to have at least four fortitude to play that game. So, I wonder if building uh, a well-rounded list towards or with those book scenarios in mind is a good kind of starting point for building your Adepticon Championship list? It is a good starting point. The people that bring um, Death Stars and you know non-balanced lists will find themselves being hampered at Adepticon. I'm just... I want to make You this, heard it here, folks! Yeah. It's just, I want to make sure that people 
come in with the expectation that if they play their game well and they have a well-rounded army list, that they can expect to do well. Yes, and knowing you, Alex, for as long as I've known you, which is far too long, if you ask me. I know you tend to implement comp through your scenarios. Not that it takes much. Uh, it just takes a couple little tweaks here and there, and I don't know. Do hmm. I first met Alex at uh, oh, the, the bunker. Yeah, at the bunker when we went to the the um, core comp. Core comp, and uh, I liked the scenarios. They were cool. They were a little wacky, a little funny. Yeah, just core comp and Screw City. Those kind of turn those tournaments that I run that are like my personal tournaments. I do the wackier scenarios with Adepticon. I try to keep it pretty straightforward, not as crazy. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff to worry about with Adepticon. I don't need to add wacky scenarios to make it any more worried. Does that mean you're not going to have uh, 170 secret mission cards? No. Oh my God! Six secret oh, mission really? cards on you're each not table. Do that one? That's such a fun scenario. No, it is a fun scenario. But... Players, six cards a table. That's 510 cards with little envelopes. Come on. No. If David oh. could do, a, you know, 1,000 Noblars. I'm not doing 1,000 Noblars. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was 1,000 Zombies. 1,000 Zombies. Both. If David can do one or the other and bring it to Adepticon, I will do the secret mission oh, at Adepticon. Oh, see, now you got to do it. That's such a great wait scenario. A minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. If I bring either a thousand zombie or a thousand Noblar list to Adepticon, it won't, it can't happen this year. I can't do it in three months. No, no, I understand this. But if I do but, it for 2014, you promise to put in the pick a little card scenario? The secret agent scenario? I will do the secret agent if you can do 1,000 Noblars or 1,000 zombies or oh. 1,000 zombie Noblars. Oh. <laughs> oh, there you go. Zomblars? Zomblars. Really David, you, think guys. of the children. You, you got to do it. Oh my god, I'm going to be taking a thousand novelers to Adepticon in 2014. I hate you guys. <laughs> it's going to be so much fun. Hey Dave, take a coven throne. That's a stupid thing to take. Okay, I'll do it. Hey Dave, take a thousand dollars. Okay, I'll do it. Hey, give us your money and let us let us kick you in the nuts. Okay. God, I'll remember it, that one for the next time you grudge me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! It's such a good scenario, though. We thank you for it. No, I know it's probably one of the best scenarios I've ever written. But for right now, until Dave holds up his end of the deal, um, it'll stay with the core comp and with Screw City. But um, verbal agreement is legally binding in the state of Illinois. <laughs> yeah, I can't afford to buy a thousand knobs. Don't worry about those details. We'll, we'll take care of it. Dude, you're 750 zombies away. That's not that bad. That is true. I already do there play you go. BC. I don't want to <laughs> play ogres. Like here. Um, if I had 1,000 zombies, that's 3,000 points of core. I could totally field like a... I already could field a 10,000 point. That would be like... I could field about a 14,000 point army then. I could take on the whole damn neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh no, that wouldn't work. So I'd have to do the big brawl and then some... Okay, we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. Why am I considering this? I hate you guys. It's for the fun scenario. Secret <laughs> agents. I love that it's secret agent scenario. scenario. Oh my god. So as uh, as David 
ponders his situation. Alex, one more question for you as far as the Depticon Championships. Yeah. In terms of uh, army books in general, uh, which do you which would you predict uh, do well, and which would you predict kind of Rhinox riders? <laughs> Sorry. Okay, glad to know that we have a state of Maine represented. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, the books that I expect to do well. Um, to be honest, I don't know. Because not whatever white text taking. Huh? Not the whatever army white text taken, it's not that one. I know that much. No, 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 no. Um I would expect I mean ogres are gonna do well, but they're not gonna get overall. I don't think the tournament population at large will allow that to happen. Um, that seems to be their trend in general, I find. Yeah. Well, you know what? They do really well, and then they wind up playing each other and bumping each other out at, as they get towards us. I would expect demons to do well, as they have for a number of years. Um, I'm not expecting warriors to be the end-all, be-all, unless it's Nebrolian. Um <laughs> It would not surprise me if Beastmen... Really made a strong show. They're a good army. This might be Gary Luther's year. I don't know that Kevin Bruins guy. I heard he's pretty good. <laughs> that Luther guy just keeps showing right the close but no cigar. Well, once Gary stops playing dwarves, he'll get overall. And I'm not razzing on him because if you know me and Gary, me and Gary are buds. It's just oh, he's dwar- a great guy. He is. Dwarves have a really hard time winning the prize. Because he's come in second place. I cannot tell you how many times. No, go ahead. You can tell us. I think it's like 15. Are you serious? Wait, get out of here. For large tournaments, he's gotten second or best general, which is approximately second at about 15 tournaments. Is he showing up this year to the champs? I haven't seen him around. He hasn't. I haven't seen him that much. Um, I don't know if he's on the list this year, but Dwarves is a really tough army to get the top spot, just yeah. with how they're built and the lack of movement. Um, but I would. Exp- I'm really thinking that Beastmen are going to really make the push this year. Um, either Ruins or hell, even Hastings. It's just I think. The good players are starting to play the armies that weren't so good previously. Like, Beastmen were not so good previously. They're becoming more stronger now. And I know that's not very good English, but... Um, <laughs> it's I not would even ex- the more stronger, it's more stronger. That's the beautiful part. Stronger. Um, but I would expect Beast. I would expect something weird to do well. Like You mean like, like the techless list got best sports? <laughs> I don't know how he did. <laughs> I'm fairly confident buying a large amount of alcohol for his opponents was involved. Um, but, and I'm not even worried about Teclas this year. I'm really not worried about special characters this year. Any any armies in general that you think will suffer just because of the tools they have available to them? I don't want to throw Tomb Kings under the bus, but <sighs> Tomb Kings. Hmm. No, I mean, it's just 
I don't think a lot of people had figured out that army yet. Because um, to be fair, it is a very tough army to figure out. Um, and the thing I don't is, expect people have done well with them, but it's just it's I, it's almost like like you said with the dwarves, it's hard to really. Once you start getting up to those top level games, it's hard to have a bunch of Tomb Kings taken on demons. I can already hear Joe's uh, keyboard rattling all the way from here in Detroit. Sloboda. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I don't even. I don't know if he's taking the Tomb Kings. I think he is planning on it. I'm sure we will hear about it on the Warhammer forum, on the Tomb Kings forum, on just about every outlet he has available to him about how much Tomb Kings suck, even though he builds crappy lists. Hmm. He does. Don't hit me. Be nice to your friend. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. No. Joe is... A great guy, and this is not abuse going on on this show. This is family friendly, folks. Joe is a great guy, and this is nothing disrespecting Joe. It's just I don't think he knows what to do with that army book. (laughs) There's not not a lot to work. You know what that happens though. Sometimes you get people who love an army book and they want to play it a certain way, and it's you know you're going to play it your way, and it may not work for you. You know that happens. You know Joe with his Tomb Kings. Andy with his empire, it happens to people. It just happens. You know, there's some, nothing you can do about it. Well, I think he's still getting over the shell shock of the change in that book. Because if you played Joe Sloboda playing Tomb Kings in 6th and 7th edition, you were going to get your butt whooped. And you are going to get whooped real good. I still don't think he's over um, the author of his book putting out then Empire with Demi Griffin's and now Warriors with Skull Crushers, and it seems like he's, he's he's getting better with every book, and his is getting left behind. It kind of can be uh, disheartening to say exactly. Least. Yeah, I don't think that's okay. He'll get the new Tomb Kings book sometime in Ninth Edition, right before the Wood Elf book comes out, so it don't matter anyway. <laughs> I don't think it has anything to do with Robin or his book writing, because I honestly think Tomb Kings is a great book. A great book. I do. I really do. It's balanced. Its power level's not quite there. I still think people haven't quite figured out either yet. Christopher, when I talk to him, is still playing with different lists. He's like, I know there's a way to make this work. There is a way to make it work. It's just... I think that's an uphill battle, to be honest. Yeah. Maybe there, you know, if you think of it like Blood Bowl with the tier one, two, and three teams, it's, it's a lower tier team. But good players have made it work. I mean, you hear it on different podcasts. You know Mark uh, Wildman from Bad Dice does pretty well with his Tomb Kings. Yeah, it's not a bad book. I think it's on the same level as a lot of the other books that have come out. I mean, I think it's on the same level as Empire and Orcs and Goblins. Ogres are kind of the anomaly because they made a really lot of bad FAQ rulings that you guys talked about Mm -hmm. last show. But I don't know. If I was to build another army, it would be Tomb Kings. But I've got projects in front of me before them. You know, as a Adepticon TO, you could really force the issue and write your scenarios to guarantee Tomb Kings will win. It's like, yeah. hey, look, they are a good army. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'd rather have the players speak for themselves. and You don't want to just throw in a little comp pack? Oh, by the way... Uh... 
now Tomb Kings can march and uh, they get to take an extra 300 points of models. You, hey, you know, throw in some new rules. Hey, this codex is weak. Or codex, what the hell? This army book's weak. I'm just going to throw in a couple of things to see what happens. Then you get like the top three players are all Tomb King players. Go ahead and ban demons. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, back to the point with like Adepticon. If you show up with a balanced army, you can expect to do well. And I think the big thing I want to try to do this year is just people come, they have a great time playing in the largest tournament in the country, and I just want this to be the year that really stands out in a lot of people's minds for what Adepticon is all about. Well, I think just by virtue of the fact that it's X amount of more more people, plus the fact that uh, the makeup of the players that you're going to have there in terms of you know international personalities and whatnot, that alone right away it's it's going to be different. So uh, I think uh, yeah. the pressure is certainly on to put on a good show, but I have no doubt that you guys will do so. Yeah, I mean, and, and not to and not to throw gas on the fire, but I mean, how long did it normally? I mean, before this year, how long were tickets available for the championships usually? Because I know I went two years ago. And I didn't sign up until after my birthday, which is the end of February. And I got tickets for the championship. It took quite a bit longer, like a couple of months. Yeah. I was all, like, I was... We were flabbergasted, absolutely in shock when it sold out so quickly. Is, is that adding it all to the pressure on you guys? Like, dude, we sold out in hours. This has to kick ass. Well, it's going to kick ass... But I think the big thing is it just kind of speaks to what is kind of changing. Because when 8th Edition came out, there were a lot of people that said, oh, screw this game. This is not fun. This is not Warhammer. But every year since 8th Edition has come out, we've gotten bigger. It's become a more fun tournament. And this year, we had to kick everyone else out of the junior ballroom to accommodate how many players and we still have a 30 plus waiting list yep Hell, Please, even I mean, australia all of australia rage quit and now they're getting back they're starting to get a better tournament scene they've got podcasts coming back and stuff like that so all of australia literally every player <laughs> <laughs> all the kangaroos and all the uh, koalas too jeez <laughs> i think it's a much stronger game than it was in 7th that's my opinion. Uh, yeah. But just to say that we had to accommodate this many people, we still have that many more to get next year. It's insane. You could conceivably do 200 plus in the future. Oh, yeah. We'll kick 40K out of the big ballroom. Um, no. Oh, <laughs> damn. No, no, <laughs> no, we don't want the big room. We don't ballroom. want the big room. That's true. We do not want the big room. If you've never been to Adapticon, I think for room-wise, we have the best room of any tournament being run. Not the best venue, but the best room. It's it is a really nice room. The junior ballroom at Adapticon is two entire walls of windows. It's got like, what, 20-foot or 30-foot ceilings? Yeah, it is nice. yeah. no, it, it's a, it's a beautiful it's room. Yeah. It doesn't smell because we Febreze it every morning. 
Oh, huge. I didn't crack, know that. You can crack open the doors and get some air in there, too. That's the thing. Outside. Walk right outside onto the deck or patio or whatever they want to call it. But there is that kind of space. You have natural light. It, I don't know. It's just, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous room. And then you have the big room, which is gigantic because it's the big room. Mm-hmm. But there's not a lot of natural light. There's not a lot of... There's no natural light, Alex. It's Well, you can get it kind of through the doorway, but... Yeah, okay. The... <laughs> <laughs> There's no, no air circulation in there. There's no natural sunlight. It just feels very stale. That room needs some think air circulation. The, I think that's the biggest thing I don't like about the big room is just... It's just way too cramped and there's not enough... Like quality air circulation. Yeah, the circulation is a deal breaker for me. Yeah, and it's it's really cramped in there, and hmm. I would much rather be a little further removed off in the junior and take in all of that gorgeous sunlight, all the air, and just have more space. I would much rather take that. Yeah, I'm with you. Um. Anything else uh, in terms of Adepticon that we need to cover? Um, as far as the scenarios, you can expect to see the box return. Very cool. Oh. That's the 18-inch box scenario. Yeah. I like the box. What's in, What's the, in box? the box? <laughs> yeah. Idiots. Um, but that will be coming back... Um, that's something that I think was met with a lot of approval last year. I think uh, the, the general gist of that is to have more fortitude within the box at the end of the game or something along those lines. Or your general. Maybe. Or your general, right. Well, you never know. You're keeping us guessing. I, I can read between okay. the lines. Yeah. No, I'm... I wrote five brand new scenarios for the championship. I've not... I've played these similar scenarios before and what I want to do this year is kind of go back to the classic GT this year. I want this to be you know I was really disappointed at the end of last year um, with how we did and how it was run and there were a lot of mistakes and a lot of things that I think we left on the table and I don't want to do that again. So, constant improvement. It's gonna be perfect until it's perfect, and then it ain't gonna be done. There you go. Oh, I don't know. But if you've never been to Adepticon, this is the year to go. But ain't nobody else going. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you haven't gotten in yet, yeah, well, no. If you haven't it. gotten in on the wait list, and it's relatively feasible for you to make it to the convention. Show up. We had, what, 15, a dozen people get in off the wait list? Yeah, usually it's a good 15 to 20 people get in on the wait list, depending on how things are going. So Okay, so there's a healthy, healthy chance that people can make it in. Yeah, just if you're going to be coming from Cali on the wait list, I don't know if I would make that trip to go on a yeah. maybe. But if it's... A feasible thing for you to get to the convention, do it. Even if you don't play, 
just to go take everything in and just meet the people that run the show, meet the people that play in the show. You also see, see a lot of really good-looking armies because people yeah. bring their best to Adepticon for sure. Yes, see they do. The armies and just check out the rest of the con. I think that was the big reason that we made the longer breaks is that there is so much more to Adepticon as much as I would like to think that it's not. Um, you should really have a chance to take in everything that's there because it is just mind-blowing, all the stuff that happens at Adepticon. And no one really gets to see that because they're in tournaments all the time and they don't have the time to do it. I had plenty of time. Grant knocked me out in 28 minutes. I had two, two and a half hours to wander around. He's doing you a favor. Hey, by the way, 60 zombies at Mantic, which is the zombies I use, it's a 60 zombie horde for 60 bucks plus tax and shipping. So that's like I would need 13 of those to get 1,000 zombies. That's like $750, $780. Easy. I'm sure they'll throw you a bolt deal. do it. I don't know. How much stuff? Why am I considering this? Dave, just think about this. I just pulled my iPad and looked it up. What the hell's wrong with me? Realistically, how much stuff in your geek room can you afford to shed? Quite a bit. I'm, I'm sitting here. He's got a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. i got a whole store in the back of unopened stuff. I literally have my own shop. You have RVs stored away that I've never even seen. That's true. I have armies in cases you've never seen. So I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Do okay. yourself a favor. I see what you're saying. Your room, and then buy a whole bunch of zombies to fill that space up again, so that we can all play that cool scenario. My gamer OCD won't allow me to sell those armies. I considered uh-huh. selling my warriors army because I've never played it, and I bought it, and I just have it built, and I've never played it. And David, I, David, within hours of telling you I was considering selling it, I'm now considering painting it. The good of the many outweigh the good of the one. You totally screwed that up. Whatever. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> Close enough. I hate you guys. I really, really hate you guys. Anyway. This is what happens when you have uh, four other people on the show at once. We all gang up on you. <laughs> Gamer OCD. And stupid challenges that I'm too dumb to It's not to a ignore. stupid challenge. It's a worthy challenge. It's such a great scenario. Are you going to deny everyone that scenario? Do, do you know Ben Curry was on this very show and told me I was stupid for taking the cup and thrown to bits? <laughs> and now I'm being challenged for a far more expensive, time-consuming, of the and pointless exercise. And I'm considering it. That's the sad thing. Is it that sad, or is it just like challenge accepted and get on with it? Oh, for Christ's sake! I'm really I'm. Uh, no, I won't say. I will not say those words. No, I'm not going to say it. No, to be continued. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're not going to let this go anyway. Chris, every time we play now, gee, you know that's playing Alex's, you know, secret mission scenario would be so much fun. I'm going to hear that every freaking. Game now we're gonna you we're gonna play that secret agent man as a <laughs> intro, some bumper music. Do it! I like that. I know, it's a good song. Good song, great scenario. All right, Chris, you better figure out a way to wrap up this segment. <laughs> All, right. All right, guys. Uh, any other any other things we need to cover in terms of Warhammer, Adepticon, Wapaka? Um, if anyone's interested in helping out with. Uh, touching up terrain. Uh, we're trying to do a terrain touch-up day in uh, Peoria or um, yeah, in Peoria in March. 
Um, just downstate just, Illinois. Yeah, because we just need to touch up the stuff from last year. Um, and then we've got a training day coming up in a couple of weeks in Rockford to touch up the stuff from uh, bits and Screw City that was used mm-hmm. just to make sure it's all ready to go. Um, we always need people to help out with terrain. So if you're willing to paint stuff, touch stuff up, um, go ahead and get in touch with us, info at adepticon.org. Um, and just say, hey, I'd like to help out with terrain. Because we could always use people to make good terrain. And, I mean, you want to talk about a showcase, the chance to show how good you are with terrain, this is the place. Cool. Excellent. Excellent. All right, listen. um, Next segment, we were going to be talking about um, soft scores and their place within the tournament scene. Would you guys like to stay on for another segment and talk about that? Would you be interested in it? I mean, I, I know Alex, you've got you could maybe let us know how you know how it's going to be run at Adepticon the the scoring for that stuff, paint and sports and stuff. I mean, it's accepted. Uh, <laughs> see how he's using the term. Okay, how about you, Brad? You can you stay? I got about a half hour. All right. Well, you know what? And if you got to cut out in the middle of the segment, then. Then you got to cut out, but stay as long as you can. You're welcome to. All right, okay. folks, we're going to hit a commercial break, and then we're going to be right back after I go put this iPad away and stop looking at these stupid Mantic websites. Secret Asian <laughs> Man. Did you say Secret Asian Man? Hey, you're racist. <laughs> I'm sorry. We'll be right back. Is your name a killing word? Is your mother a hamster and your father smells of elderberries? Did it turn out that those were the droids you were looking for? If you know what I'm talking about, chances are you're a gamer. What better place to get your game on than the Game Preserve? The Game Preserve specializes in analog games of all types, like board games, family games, chess sets and jigsaw puzzles, and especially hobby games. They carry the complete GW line as well as Magic the Gathering, D&D, and Heroclix. They have gaming space for tournaments, game nights, and demo games just about any night of the week. So stop shopping at the jerk store and be one of the gaming elite. And visit the Game Preserve with four Indiana locations to choose from. Two in Indianapolis, one in Bloomington, and one in the gaming capital of the universe, Lafayette, Indiana. Visit them at GamePreserveStores.com or call 765-448-4200. Game Preserve. If you're not shopping here, the only winning move is not to play. Rockheimer, episode 66. We're online here with Alex Gonzalez and Carrie Ann Gonzalez, along with Brad Schwant. Hey. So we're going to talk a little bit about soft scores. Is that right, David? Yeah. You know, I actually wanted to talk about it as a show topic. And then when when Curry got sick a couple weeks ago, 
Curry, you're on a last name ben basis. Ben Curry. Well, okay. I mean, yeah, no, if I was on a first name basis, that would be <laughs> something. But you say Curry and everybody knows who you're talking about. Um, he got sick and I uh, I whipped off three shows for him. Mm. And uh, this week he played the one where I was just talking about soft scores. Um, and I had only talked about it because literally the day before I was sitting at Morgan's um, – one of the kids had some sort of a thing I was taking him to, and I was looking at my Twitter, and people were arguing back and forth about, you know, if you don't have your list in on time, you get penalized points, and it, you're coming into a tournament with a bad taste in your mouth because you've already been penalized and treated like a bad guy, and is there a better way to do this, and, you know, what is the validity of these types of scores to the overall tournament, and it's just we don't have those arguments here. And so I actually was talking about soft scores as far as painting and stuff goes on, bad dice, and I got a lot of feedback. I mean, in like the next day, like I've never gotten this kind of feedback mm. from anything I've done. Now, some of the feedback was that I shouldn't have told cheaters they should die in a fire, which I suppose... <laughs> I I heard that. I thought it was funny. <laughs> cheaters should go I, die I, in I a think fire. What I said was, if you have to cheat... To win at Warhammer, if if winning and winning a tournament is so important that you are going to give up your own integrity and cheat, go seriously, go die in a fire or something like that. That's what I said. To, and to, people have, what, took offense to that. A few people thought that was a bit harsh. Uh, a few people thought it was funny. Uh, I didn't mean to literally die. I mean, if somebody in a who was a cheater suddenly dies in a fire, I don't want the blame. I was just making a statement. Hey, Dave. Yep. Um, I just heard someone laughing in the background. That's Harrison, cackling oh. like a madman. Okay. I wasn't quite sure if that was your wife or... No, my wife does not come anywhere near the crypt when we're recording. She wants nothing to do with this. Oh, okay. But, uh, no, Harrison's down here, and, you know, I say things like die in a fire, and my children laugh, so I guess I'm raising them. <laughs> so I would say right. <laughs> I was, I was going to say raising them right, and I realized that's not necessarily an accurate statement. So what were the particular uh, agreements or disagreements that people had emailed into you? Uh, well, you know, a lot of people just don't think painting belongs in a tournament at all. Uh, paint scores. Um, some people said they do like the ideas. Um, some people brought up how, I guess, one of the tournaments um, had said had, they had done like a million points for everyone it was the tempest you got you lost a million points if your army wasn't painted so and i was like remember what like it was a year and a half ago or something we were sitting right here and i was saying have a tournament where you didn't have to have it painted but if you your but painted armies got like a 90 percent of the score was that so if you you know if you had a new army and you really wanted to try it you could show up but you're not going to win anything it's not possible and everyone thought that was a crappy idea. Everyone was telling me, no, that's stupid. We don't want that. But I guess there's other tournaments who are, that were actually doing that, making the painting score so huge that you would at least you wouldn't come with unpainted models. Uh, but some people didn't like that. And there's always the argument that anything, any sort of sportsmanship, if you're getting judged by an opponent, mm-hmm. and this is what brought up that whole thing that I told people to go die, was that, you know, People will sit and purposely knock you and, and, oh, I remember. and hit you Team, down. Teams will purposely Teams will come in and knock collectively knock other people so that they keep them down. And I don't know. And actually, I got a really long letter from Rafael from England, Rafaza on Twitter, 
um, kind of putting out some points, just his ideas on it. And there were some pretty decent points, and that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. I've been emailing him back and forth, but let me shoot out just a couple of the things he said and see what you guys think. Um, you know, and he says, and he he admits, he says, this is a very divisive topic. It's divisive. People just mm-hmm. don't like, you know, and he goes, and he's, he tried to avoid the whole just saying, well, if we don't have paint scores, everyone's going to show up with unpainted plastic, and that's it's just going to be that. Um but he's also saying that anyone, you know, he also brings up that if anyone who says they don't want any paint score, that they're a win-at-all-cost player or they want nothing to do with painting. Um, but so I'm trying to run through here. Um, his first big, the one issue, and I'm going to come to this issue last. I think it's the strongest issue. Um, but these are not just his ideas. This is I got these from several people, but I took a few notes. Uh, bear with me. I'll have to edit this a little bit as I find the little bits. Uh, basically, and this is one of his, as someone who does not have the time to devote to painting, the time he has for hobbying is devoted to gaming and going to tournaments. And he spends his money not on paints and on that. He spends his money on going to the tournaments. Uh, you know, if, if you hate painting, and that's that's not, uh, basically he said that's just not a part of the hobby that they enjoy, sitting there and forcing them to do something that they don't enjoy um you know it's or, or else you know this idea that you need cohesiveness you have to borrow things it's just basically painting isn't a lot of people's bag and so, so he doesn't want to be scored yeah i mean when I'm you go to a painting. tournament you're there to play and to win well let me throw this out to brad uh you're you're probably the the most win at all cost type player uh, among us not that Does there's it, anything uh, wrong with ever. that. Right. <laughs> Does it bother you, or how do you feel about those tournaments where painting is not a requirement? If you show up to a tournament and a minority of the models are painted... Does that change All, the experience I, for you? I actually play in between one and two tournaments every month, and they're all real small local ones between eight and maybe 14 or 16 players, and there's no painting requirement. It's it's not a big deal because it's between 10 and $20 to enter, and the more expensive ones, they even give you lunch or something. You're not paying to go to a grand tournament um, and and not seeing painted armies. I would I would not like it. If I were to go to Adepticon or Blood in the Sun, and there were there were unpainted armies, I would, um, I, I would feel like my enjoyment and the fact that I drove six hours and paid sixty dollars for a tournament, um, it, it would it would put a damper on on my tournament experience. I think, um, and I can see where some people would say that, but for smaller events. It wouldn't. It doesn't bother me at all, and I'm guilty of it myself. I mean, I go through an army a month sometimes, and uh, when I want to try out those new armies, say Andrew's laughing in the background. When I want to <laughs> try out those armies, I mean, I don't have time to paint a whole army every time I, I rotate through a new one. Mm-hmm. So I can understand that much at least. But uh, for for a GT for a two day tournament, uh, I think there there should be some kind of paint scoring. Um, now I will point out that he like and, and I said and this was in I'm, and I'm using Rafaz's letter that he sent to me. This is going back and forth as, as an example, but everyone understand. I got several emails from a lot of different people, and I don't want to ignore other people. But his letter was long, and he basically summed up all of these other people's arguments. So I'm sure. using his letter, uh, he, and he pointed out right in the beginning he is not saying there should be no paint 
scores for anything. He should think, you know, he actually even suggested a best painted for each army. I, I actually think um, I'm very much on his side where where you're kind of leaning to his point now that uh, around here in the Midwest, painting can be very heavily scored. Even at Adepticon, um, 25 points with a, a checklist, whereas over there, I think a lot of their tournaments, um, you'll get max painting points if you have um, cohesive paint scheme, basing, uh, three colors, and some shading. Um, basically... Um, what we would consider almost the minimum over here, if you do it over there, sometimes I'm not saying all the time. I don't know personally, but um, their um, standard for getting max paint points is a lot lower than what we would have over here, and it's it's kind of a, a better entry level, I think, for players who want to play competitively to still be able to get all those paint points, and um, if they don't have the time or the skill. Um, they can still not be at a disadvantage before games are even played. And I, I think that's where he's coming from I th- in some regard. So it would seem in their scene, he kind of has, it, it kind of suits his preference then because that barrier of entry is a lot lower. It's easier I, I mean, to attain those points? Is that what you're I, I, w- I would kind of selfishly say that I would like that system because I'm not the best painter in the world. Um, I usually get um, average or maybe a little bit above average, but I don't ever really score max points. If if the, the paint scoring was you had to have um, at least three colors, some kind of shading, um, cohesive paint scheme, and basing, that was it, and you got max painting points. Um it'd be a lot easier for me to go into a tournament and say, okay, um, I really need to perform at this tournament. I'm not already behind on painting points. Uh, where right now, if I'm going to a tournament and I know um, Johnny's there, if I know Raj is there, if I know all those great painters are there, um, I know that I'm going to have to do that much better um, than them in my games because I'm not going to score as yeah. well for painting. And I, and I think... Um, the the advanced painting checklists is something that they don't do over there for that reason. Alex, what about you and uh, Carrie Ann? As as TOs, what do you think about having you, you know, including the painting scores? Every GT that I run, painting is a requirement. Every GT that I go to, if my army is not painted, I don't play with it. Um. I'm a little more stringent about it than I think some people are. Well, actually, a lot of people are, I suppose. But it has its place. It's just, I don't know. Like, I, you go to some of these big tournaments for, like, warm hordes or whatever where painting isn't a requirement, and you just see metal figures getting pushed around, and it's like... Well, I mean, what if there's still a best-painted... But it's a separate category. And here's okay. Let me, let me let me throw this out. Something that was says, gaming scores have no input into painting awards. So why should the reverse be true? You can still have a painted. In fact, you could have sixteen best painted awards, small trophies, best painted chaos dwarfs, best painted beastmen, best painted uh, dwarves. Um, no. It's an aspect of the hobby that is there. It is encouraged by Games Workshop that you paint your army. I understand it's not everybody's bag, but I don't know. I like the painting checklist that we use for Adepticon 
because there are more than 25 points possible on that checklist. What you lose in some areas, you can make up in others if you do it. I actually brought up your checklist in particular, and it's actually kind of become, I know there's other tournaments, I know Bits uses, if not the exact Adepticon list, ours is, close. is inspired by the, by yeah, the Adepticon that one. you can score, I think I think you could conceivably, if you scored every point, get like 40 points, but you max out at 25. It's easy to max out, uh, it really is, it's easy to max out if you if you can get at least fair to Midland in each category, you're going to hit it. And that's and one of the things I pointed out. I liked it. That's the big thing I like about the paint list. I mean, I understand, you know, it's not everybody's thing. And, and I don't think anybody's calling for no paint rules. Yeah. They're just saying don't have that be a part of the score as far as where you place in the tournament. I think everybody wants to see painted models on the table. Well, I know around here we have uh, best painted along with, or not best painted, we have best uh, general uh-huh. in addition to best overall. Right. Best overall factoring in your soft scores where best general is strictly tournament points. Right. I get the impression they don't do that over there, over there in the UK. I think from what, from what I've heard is they, they just have straight first, second, third place. Um, and then they have best painted, maybe best painted first, second, third. Um, because first, second, and third place for the tournament is not really separated um, so much by paint scoring. Um, whereas over here it could be a lot different. I wonder if that factors into why comp is is so prevalent over there. I actually asked that question, and I, that's something I was going to bring up was, do you think that maybe the people, because the game itself is so heavily comped, because now he did bring up that there is no cohesive, there is no one painting list that all the tournaments use. So if you're going to a tournament a month or two tournaments it's a month, different every time. everything's different. You're constantly having to touch up and redo this. I I personally like to see, you know, almost a standard paint list around if you've got a, you know, I, I would love it if... Some, I, I don't know. I, I think the painting takes care of itself. If you are if you paint solidly, I would think across the board you're going to score solidly. Well, okay, and and that, that brings up the point that I was, that, uh, what, in fact, I think it's the, the best point made by all of the different people who are arguing is consistency in scoring. Um, he, you bring the same same army to two different tournaments that have the same even the same painting criterion, at, or have two different judges, and you might get different scores. Yeah, I, I've I've brought the same Skaven army to Adepticon a couple of years in a row, and I've gotten between twenty two and twenty five points. All right, yeah, I mean, and and, you, and and the and the differences could be even larger. Um, now, one complaint here that I was just like, okay, is a person, he had brought his, his list to a, his army to a tournament and got full points in the next one. The uh, Although the tray was usable, he had skirmishers, it wasn't a perfect fit according to the TO, so he lost points for that, so he got less points. But that same TO turned around and a guy had come with, had unpainted models in his army because he was supposed to be able to borrow them from a friend, but the friend got sick and didn't show up, so he had to buy them the night before, and it literally just built them. And the like, the glue was drying as they went on the table. And the TO, because he knew the guy and, and he knew that this other guy had gotten sick, circumstances basically said, fine, and still gave him his points. And so, but that's, is that a is that an issue for... You know that we is that a reason to get rid of the paint scores? That's a, that's a to. That's a that's, that's a consistency issue, isn't it? 
that's definitely a consistency issue more. Maybe, maybe the system itself needs to be looked at, um, but I don't think that's an overall change that would need to be made. It's more of a system or maybe that that individual. That's a human judgment uh, problem there. Yeah, that one's not anything to do with the argument. It's just this is a really bad situation that I had happen to me because of human bias and human error as opposed to something qualitative like a checklist. Mm-hmm. And that's or, kind of what we do at, at BITS, uh, even though it's it's kind of manpower heavy. Every paint list, every army that we're paint judging, we have three people looking at it looking separately. At uh, and what we do is we take, we drop the highest score and the lowest score, and we end up with uh, the last remaining, and that then becomes their paint score. And if there's a, a huge disparity between the highest and lowest, like really bad, then we'll bring those people together and say, well, okay, well, why was your score so high? And why was yours so it. low? And I, I will say this, and I'm, it's not just because you guys are my friends. I think as far as consistency in judging armies goes, Blood in the Sun probably does it the best from the tournaments I've been to and seen. Because you have, I'm just saying, you have three judges judging each army. So each, each army is going to judge three times. You only judge them in between the rounds when they're set up and displayed. There's no just seeing it during the battle. So you get a chance to really look at it and judge it. And it's really getting... Now, I know it's harder as the tournaments get bigger. I mean, Alex would need like, what, like 15 guys judging paint scores time all day. the yeah. whole day. Both days in order to do what you guys did with 170 with eight with your 80 people sure, you with certainly have to do the best with the logistics that you have. Yeah, so we're, I mean we're certainly I guess we're lucky. In that How part. hard is that for you, Alex, to get those paint the the paint scores all judged? I mean, even you know with 140 players. I mean, it's getting better every year. We've kind of gotten a system down. Like definitely by. Uh, last year Sunday, we were able to get things done between rounds, so that way the paint judges did have the uh, opportunity to really look at them and not while they uh, were playing. But it's definitely a learning process, and it's something that we've had to really look at every year and be like, okay, well, how we really need to have these many, uh, this many people to make this work, so that way we can get it all during breaks and not have to try to do it during rounds. And I think another part of it is since previously it's always been one day tournaments at Adepticon, there is no, oh, well, you know, if we don't get this done today, we've always got that one extra break tomorrow. We can figure it out. It's a, we've got to get this done as soon as possible because there is no other opportunity. Would you say that paint judging on the TO side is, is one of the hardest, if not the hardest thing to do? Um, it depends how much alcohol people have to drink. Because um, that point. is certainly worse, is to deal with the drunk, angry gamers. Um, but on an overall perspective, paint judging is the hardest thing to do. It does devote a lot of manpower. Mm-hmm. And with... A tournament like Adepticon, I if you can take a choice of playing in the biggest tournament period or helping run the biggest tournament period. <laughs> yeah, I see where that's going. I do the best I can with the guys that I get, and I appreciate Every single volunteer that says, I'm going to help out, 
I really do. Like, I don't think people appreciate just how much I value volunteers on this whole thing. But, um, I don't know. Yeah, good, uh, good help is certainly hard to find. So. Yeah, no kidding. So, you know what, I'm, I, I, I want to just stick with painting just a little bit longer because I do want to move to sportsmanship also. Um, something uh, I read here. Uh, that Now, Brad had mentioned how you can get full points if you just hit the basics. And people have argued that actually I got a, an email saying that's actually ruining the painting scene because people are just painting to the basics. They said that actually the uh, overall level has gone down because now that it's being scored, people aren't doing it for the love of painting. They're doing it for points. I disagree. <laughs> I think that those who excel at painting will always excel. What it does is it brings the lowest common denominator up. Well, to, to, to counter that point, um, my Skeven army is very basic um, because it's 250 models. I, I don't have the time to go and put the details in, but I'm working on a warrior's army right now. And because of the way that we score things around here, I'm, I'm, I'm really focusing on improving my skills and trying to raise my, my paint scores. So, I mean, I can see where if you have that advanced paint score, it can really push people to, to get better. Okay. And like I said, a lot of these arguments, especially the, you know, I, there were people who sent me emails who said, hey, it was great and I love painting. I think it's great. This seems to be really a European sort of thing. The stuff I'm getting mostly is from over there. And I think we have a very different, especially not only we here, and I'm not saying just in America, have a different point of view on the game and the tournament scene. But I think in the Midwest, our scene is, our scene is even different than on the West Coast sure. or the East Coast. or the North Because Northeast and Southeast Coast, I didn't realize how much comp they actually have. Like, they play a lot of comp, mostly comp tournaments, it seems. So we seem to be this sort of the anomaly. Yeah, we're yeah. we're the oddball here. Um, now another point that was brought up that I thought. Well, here let me let me yeah like I said that idea of the painting going down rankings. If you are if if rankings are important to you, and suddenly you lose on a six point difference in painting. On an 80- or 100-man tournament, suddenly a six-point difference in painting knocks you down seven or eight spots. Suddenly you're dropping in the rankings, and suddenly it's painting that's dropping in the rankings. And talking about people who are saying, I'm not going to go to that tournament because I can't get full full points for painting, and that's going to ruin my spots in the rankings. I never even considered this. I mean that – I mean – that you have to pick and choose your tournaments based on how it affects your rankings. Yeah, I mean, I never but, thought I mean, of that either. But I, also, I don't even know where I'm ranked right now. I t- couldn't care less. I mean, I go look at it every once in a while just because it's fun to see where people are at. But I mean, I don't know anyone who takes the rankings that serious. Well, apparently, uh, everyone in Europe does. I, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I don't take them seriously, but I definitely look and keep track. It's it's fun to do it, and uh, well, one thing. of the it's reasons. Fun to do it. One of the reasons I was excited to go to Wapaka is because I wanted to play in one more big tournament with my Skaven before I, uh, I I tried to move on to another army and see how high I can get in the rankings. And it was um, it was fun to try to play for those points. 
So I can see how you can get carried away with it because um, so many people put so much time and get so into this hobby that I mean I could I understand completely how they can get really wrapped up in it because it's plus it's it seems like it's that much more competitive over there because they don't have um, that painting scene that it's really all about playing the game and getting those points can can really make the difference. Well, and they do use the rankings there to decide who goes to their masters tournaments. The rankings yeah. help decide who goes to the ETC. And that's really not something that happens here just because of the, the geographical right. distance. Yeah, maybe that's it. I mean, partly the, the countries. I mean, most of the European countries, obviously, they're, I mean, we look at them and it looks like, I mean, the collection of the size of our states. You know what I'm saying? And so where we look at it as, you know, guys who play in Illinois play different from guys who play in, you know, Minnesota. Or there's different comps right. or different rules. They've got all that over there, so their rankings for their individual place are very, maybe very important. But that one, I mean, that completely threw me. That you know, I, I don't want to go here or there because of of the way that the you know they wouldn't have something to strive for without painting. Now, I I did bring up my point, and I know you you had said it as well. Is it, it's a hobby, you know, and we have we have scores for sports. Painting, best general, and then best overall. And I want to come back to that after we talk about sports. So, um, you know what? I think really quick, I mean, we'll just, let's break real quick because we need to. I need to real quick, and then we'll be right back and we'll talk about sportsmanship scores. Okay. Okay, folks, uh, before we go back to the show, I want to talk to you about guildpainting.com. They can turn around about a 2,500-point army in about a month once they've gotten it started. You can check out their stuff at guildpainting.com. Uh, Chris, you've seen his work, his uh, warriors. The, I have seen the, his the stuff. The tan Very warriors. Good. He's yeah. like, I'm doing them in tan. I'm like, what? <laughs> and they look, it's really nice stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, when we had that monthly, that monthly the challenges, the monthly he challenges, was consistently taking them all he i think he was in three of the five and in those three he got the most votes from the from on our forum for every month he was in yeah he does real quality work it's good he's stuff. got the skills with a z he absolutely does and uh, he actually sent me today and thanks to whoever it was but since the last episode one of our listeners has called up and given him a commission based off of what, what? they saw yeah that quickly yep based off of what they saw on our forums with the huh. stuff he put up from that and the stuff on the guild painting website He's drummed up. They've already jumped already. in. Yeah, excellent. So that's because we got the best listeners. They do support our sponsors. Yep, absolutely. Thanks, guys. But seriously, you guys, check him out. It's uh, Guild Painting at guildpainting.com or dstouderpainting at gmail.com. For all your painting needs. So, uh, Brad had to go. Uh, we're going to talk sportsmanship, and he said, I'm out. <laughs> so, 
So we're back with Carrie Ann and Alex Gonzalez. Um, Alex, how do you do sportsmanship? And Carrie Ann, how do you guys do sportsmanship when you're going to set up your your tournaments? Well, it's kind of more up to Alex. <laughs> um, so lay it on us, boss. Okay. Um, there are a couple of basic things that I require from my sports scores, um, which is, would you voluntarily play this opponent again? Um, did they do everything correctly? Like, did they resolve rules disputes amicably? Did they appear to measure distances correctly, which gets a little easier with 8th edition, especially on the measure distances correctly, because it's a very more... It's more uh, straightforward, more uh, transparent. As opposed to... Oh, look, I'm inside of eight inches. I've moved my model. Right. You do all the pre-measuring. It makes that job a lot easier. Um, and then... Did they show up on time? Yeah, did they show up on time? Were they respectful? Did they go pop a sig every turn or whatever? You know, just general mannerisms, mm-hmm. you know, and don't be a jerk. For Christ's sake. This is a fun time. Don't be a jerk. But um, And then... For Adepticon, we use a zero five scale as well, um, so you can kind of rank where your opponent was. I mean, I know that there are a lot of people that just say, "Oh yeah, everyone, they're great people. Everybody gets a five. Well, that's not how that system is meant to work, but it does happen. It's just, I don't. Know. I remember my first year; it said on there, "If you're giving them a zero or five, write down the reason why." And that has been there every year, but a lot of times we see some really crap reasons for giving somebody a five. Well, even that, like, a lot of times there's no reasons, and I try to kind of catch it as they uh, come in, but once it gets towards the end of the round and I've got, like, five people in line trying to turn in these uh, sheets, I'm kind of more concerned that everything else is filled out at that that point. your reasoning for giving them a five? I actually walked over to you because, okay, I've never said this before. <laughs> Alex scared me the first time I met him. He just <laughs> he just seemed very angry. He's so like, angry all the time. He does. He looks grumpy all no, the time. He looks grumpy even in our wedding photos. So don't. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was a little nervous, and there I was, at, and I I'd, I'd only seen him at Core Comp, and now I, the second time I see him is at Adepticon. And he's so busy, and he's running stuff. And I played Gary Luther, and I had the up to that point in my gaming career probably the best game I'd ever played. Playing dwarfs against Gary Luther's dwarfs. I mean, having a guy sit there and tell you, listen, let's just pretend like you have a chance at winning this, and let's just play it. And him just basically coaching me through the game and teaching me how to play better. Still kicking in my teeth. But oh, yeah. giving me every chance. I walked over to Alex and said, listen. I know it says I got to fill out a reason. I'm like, do you really want me to write out a reason? Because he really does deserve a five, you know. And I really don't always give out fives. I know some people just do, but I was actually following the sheet, and then I realized everyone was like, "What? You didn't just give everybody a five? What are you, a jackhole?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah. but I did walk over. And you kind of laughed. I'm like, you know, I'm like, I don't know. He whooped the crap out of me, but that was so much fun. I learned so much. Do you want me to write all this down, or does that matter? Because I saw other people handing it without. You're like, and I remember Alex. You're like, no, nah, Dave. I think what you said's enough right there. 
if someone kicks your teeth in and you thank them for it and want to give them a five, they deserve it. Well, to be fair, you played Gary Luther. And all you really have to say if you want to put a good reason why Gary gets a five, all you really have to do is write, I played Gary Luther. <laughs> yeah. He is a fun opponent. It was a great time, yeah. So how does the, the the sportsmanship line of questioning factor into the feedback you got? Well, I mean, I think the biggest problem is that the one of the two ways to score it is the zero through five. The ranking. Is that you've got, well, either whether you just score them zero through five, oh, how much right. you enjoy uh-huh. playing them, where you can give everybody fives or everybody zeros, is that you've got the cheat factor in there. And uh, I could lose a couple of points because, or I just didn't get along with the guy, or, and I've had this happen in, at a tournament I was at. I'm playing against somebody, and I, I didn't. I swear to God, I didn't do anything wrong. I was being a friendly player, but there was several rules disputes, and they kept call, my opponent kept calling the TO over because we didn't agree, and the rulings kept going against him, and he got pissed. And I know he docked me score, hmm. my score. And I was trying to be nice, but I also wanted to play by the rules. And so when it comes to that question, that's their whole point is anytime you're getting a player-judge system where it's more than a yes or no, where you can give them a set amount of points, there's... It becomes a, too biased. Or it can be, you know. Um, I've gone... I was at, at uh, core comp. I had to rank my opponents. Where meaning somebody got a five and somebody got a one. And even if the entire range was between a three and a four, somebody got a five and somebody got a one. Right. Which means, you know, if you're getting a couple ones, once again, it could really, it could affect your score severely, even if you weren't a poor player. And I have no answer to that. And that's why I'm wondering what you guys think. Don't worry, that's not happening again. Okay. (laughs) I'm not putting that many scores in ever again in <laughs> time. She kind of reamed me for that one. <laughs> I basically told him if he did it to me again, I, would, I wouldn't I would do the computers for Adepticon, and he had to find somebody else. <laughs> but, I mean, what, how do you guys – I mean, what do you guys think about that? Has anybody ever comp- said anything to you guys? I'm curious as to, you know, from your guys – because, Chris, you run bits, and, you know, mm-hmm. you guys, you know, run the – biggest freaking tournament in the country as far as Warhammer goes. I mean, what do you guys think about that whole idea of the of the sliding scale? The sliding scale is just a necessity that we have to do with our logistics. Um, and then we do have a player's choice or a player's voting at the end of uh, the tournament. But this year we're just doing you, the best person you played and the second best person you played. It's this way you're not giving somebody a five and a z and a one. You're not um, penalizing anyone, right? So we're not doing that this year. But it still breaks up the pack because eh, for best sportsman, we usually end up with like what a thirteen way tie before best sports votes, which oh. is obnoxious. Which is why we kind of have to put in some sort of ranking mm-hmm. to an extent, or else. All them damn Luthers and McClures of the gaming right. community. I mean, there's only one of each of those. Well, until Tom's kids start playing, and then we're all <laughs> screwed. Um, but it's just you need to do something like that to break it up. Um, 
the problem that I've heard more than anything is actually the reverse of your experience, Dave, um, where there's like a club of guys that'll have a couple of guys come over by the guy that played their buddy and then look at the guy that's ranking their buddy and be like, dude, come on, are you kidding me? He gave you a great game. Why are you going to give him a four? Oh, uh, see, that's that. Yeah, see, and that's. I mean, that actually seems to me to be the most legitimate. Compl- I mean, dude, you, that's out of line. Well, that what that becomes is that's racketeering, op- douchebaggery, racketeering, douchebaggery, and that should really, truly be brought to the attention of the organizer. But a lot of guys are just like, dude, I don't really care. I'm gonna go get a beer. I'm done with this. Screw y'all. But it's nobody wants to be the guy who goes crying to the TO. No, there are some things that you need to go and talk to the TO about. Like if you got your butt whooped and you know, you just need a hug or something, I can accommodate that. (laughs) If it's all right, I'm coming for my hug. The first game I lose, Alex, I'm coming for my hug. I might ask Carrie Ann for one, too. I'm just throwing it out there. I'm going to direct you at Scooter for that one. If you haven't gotten a hug from Scooter, you'll understand. (laughs) Um, But the point is, it's like stuff like that, that's stuff that needs to be brought to the attention of the TO just so it can be corrected Mm -hmm. because that kind of stuff Oh, I agree. I mean, like I said, and that as a teacher, I mean, you know how many times you tell kids, "Listen, if this is going on, you need to talk to me." Oh no, I don't want to say nothing. It's and it's it's the same. It's the same mentality. Yeah, nobody wants to be the snitch. Nobody, because you know these guys do it, and then suddenly the TO comes over. They're going to know it was me. They're going to say things about me and give me dirty looks the rest of the tournament. And it doesn't matter. That kind of stuff needs to get addressed. Maybe that. That sort of scoring, you know, rank your your favorite opponents or whatever, it needs to happen at the end of the tournament. That way, you know, the the, the this gang of guys that we're talking about can't find you know find you while you're scoring that their their buddy. I was uncomfortable putting the sport score down the f- second or third game of Adepticon the first time I was there. I did have a bit of a rough game. I was going to give the guy like a three. And he was kind of hovering, waiting before they waiting to see what I gave him. And I was looking at your sheet, kind of like it was like, okay, we marked everything, and then I said, you know, I had a good, you know, had a good game, and you know, I hope you had a good game too. And he was kind of sitting there, kind of watching, and then you know, you have to bring them up together. Yeah. So I did not even find that until we got up there, and then he literally stayed up there until I waiting for me to mark it and hand it in. Wow. And he was trying to be. Like, not like I was looking, but he was looking, and I was. I was uncomfortable marking it down. Maybe if you put that at the end, you know, you got the list of the guys, rank them all, all rank, mm-hmm. do all five of your rankings at the end of the tournament. Maybe that helps. I don't know. Of course, then suddenly Carrie Ann's got to enter all those scores right at the end sure. of the tournament. So well, I'm going yeah, to get a taint punch, but. <laughs> don't do that to me, please. Because that's 170 guys. Right. Ranking five opponents each. That's 850 scores. Individual things that need to get accounted for. Yeah. Sorry. I, okay. That was a bad idea, Carrie, and I apologize. It's not even that, but the biggest problem we had with the rankings is people will say that they played people that they didn't, and I don't have the time to 
to go back and check, but obviously you when mean, I they just get make a mistake, like a mistake put the wrong down, or they on purpose. People swearing that they played Hoover. <laughs> obviously, it didn't happen. And even when I do put those sheets of okay, you played this person each round. Hold up, guys! I'm getting a little. I'm getting a little <laughs> static the coming through. Oh, that's the dog. Oh, is that what that is? Okay. Um, no, I think that's the dog. She snores kind of loud. Oh, okay. So, but yeah, there's just there's too much room for mistakes and people saying, "Oh, yeah, well, I played this person. I'm going to give them a five. And I there's not go. enough time to do the background check of. Which is why you guys have to turn your sheets in together. I, I hope you're not suggesting that some people put in uh, incorrect sportsman votes, as in I voting for people that they, they know. Personally, I but I do know that there's a lot of occasions, especially when we did the full ranker last year and the year before, where we would have six or seven people swearing that they all played the same person. And obviously, it's not possible. Right. I mean, it could just be a name mistake. I mean, you know. It's perfectly possible that it's a name mistake or something like that. But then you also have the problem of, like, well, if you've got six people swearing that they all played this one person, then there's there's some people who aren't going to get ratings. They're not going to get their score at all, yeah. Right. Which runs into even bigger issues. I mean, it's, it's a tough thing. I mean, you want to put those scores in there. Now, let me ask this question, and I think Wapak is a great example. One of the responses I got was, because now I did bring up, and I said, listen, it's a hobby. And the hobby is painting and building models as well as playing games as well as being a good guy. And that's why you have overall... Sports, paint, and best general. Best general is strictly, you know, battle points. Mm -hmm. Paint is strictly paint. Sports is strictly sports. And overall is best. Uh, The response I got is, yeah, if one-third of your sports, one-third of your score is paint, and one-third of your score is tournament points, points, then that's a valid overall. But if you've got a hundred, if you got twenty points or twenty five, you know the zero to twenty system that they use a lot in Europe, five games at zero to twenty, there's a hundred points, and then there's twenty points for paint and twenty points or twenty five points for paint, twenty five points for sports. Then is it really the best overall, or is this just is this just you know separating and weeding out the pack? What do you and, guys think about that argument? And, okay, I really like. The Wapaka model, where it's broken down percentage-wise, um, theirs is a little skewed for my liking, but it's in the right direction. With Adepticon and the tournaments that we won, we try to do 50-50 down the middle. Well, we try. Alex, we're nowhere near 50-50. Um, but- um, Alex, I totally just did the percentages to prove to you. That we're not at 50-50, trust me on this one. Okay, how about we're within 5% of 50-50? We're totally not within 5% of 50-50. Well, what are the points? Let me pull it up. No, no, gotta... between total soft scores and total I'm telling you, points. we're not there. <laughs> so, Dave, how about those thousand zombies? <laughs> <Okay>. Oh, <laughs> damn it. 
<laughs> no. Um, but in all seriousness, it's something I would prefer to see something that's more um, half in soft scores, half in battle, and that should be more of the best overall. As opposed, and like the, because if you do the pack a model where a third is paint, a third is sports, a third is battle, that's two thirds of your score is technically soft scores. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it does to, seem excessive, and like I said, I, I'm just, I'm asking it because the argument was made. If it's but, not, but it makes sense because those if, if it's those not are the one, big three, yeah, I think they should be split evenly. The argument was that if it's not one third each, then it's just a modifier on your. It's not, he's saying it's scores. not truly overall because it's not fair. Yeah, it's not a fair distribution. Yeah, and, right now for t- 2013 Adepticon, you're. In-game points are going to be 55.5% of your overall, and soft scores will be 44.5%. That's pretty close. Previously, it had been 59% in-game and then 41% the soft scores. Mm. I told you it was more than 5%. 5.5%? That's... No. 55.5 minus 44.5 is... we got to have more couples on the show. This is brilliant. <laughs> this is great radio. I'm not kidding. I'm loving this, guys. This is not getting edited out. I'm telling you. No, no, that's that's fine. And if you've ever hung out with us at Adepticon, this is our usual conversation. Um, this is just better because it, if it was me and my wife, it would just be like, no, it's not. Shut up. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, you know, the, it's just to have something that's a little closer to 50-50. And granted, it's off by 5.5% in each direction. No, you're right. You're not getting it in writing. I'm sorry. Yeah. So is that okay. roughly 25% painting, 25% sports? Um, I think it would be roughly about 22% painting and 22 No, actually, it's... Uh, Paint is 11.11%. Sports is 33.33%. Um, battle points is 33.33%, objective is 11.11%, and bonus battle uh, points is 11.11%. Huh. So painting is a third. Yeah. No. No, sports is a third. Sports is a third. Sorry. Okay. Sport and painting is a point. I think you said 11%? Yeah. Hmm. Painting is a ninth. And by no means... Do I am, was I intending, and I, I hope people realize this for this topic to be some sort of be all and end all. Like we've you know, we have spoken, we are right. Oh no! But um, I, I think it speaks volumes to just the differences in the cultures, and that's the big thing. Is you know I you know if you have a different comp pack, and you're going to a, a different one to two tournaments a month. And you have to constantly be changing your army. Mm-hmm. You constantly have to. And then the painting judge, you know, these guys want this, these guys want that. I think if you have a consistent army with consistent bases, I mean, the, the, even if the paint judges, these judges weren't judging my bases as much as those. Well, if you have good bases, you bring them everywhere. No one's going to penalize you for having right. good bases, you know. But, uh, you know, if you've got to change up your army every tournament, I could see that being frustrating as far as, as paint goes. Yeah, it's just 
I don't know. I, it seems like the tournaments in the Midwest, or at least in our region, are a little more consistent about it. <laughs> oh, because we all steal or, or or borrow from or take an inspiration Inspired from. Fired by. The, yeah. the, the, What's the wrong with okay. that? Realistically. Nothing. Nothing. Hell, I think, you know, honestly, and I know this is so not an answer and I'm going to get hate mail for this. You know, let the Wayne Kemp's and the uh, and the and the Ben and the guys who know how to know all about the pain, you know, if they it, you know that that graded, you know, you get a point for the basics and two for this and three for that. You know, everybody steals the you know, not steals, but I mean, how often do you hear people we were using the South Coast GT pack. We're using the South Coast GT pack. We're using the South Coast GT pack. You know, we're using the South Coast GT paint pack. I mean, you know, people would use it if if it's a good system. People will use it, and it and it happens all the time. Uh, and if it was something that was more consistent, that might help. I I don't know. I it's apparently it is vastly different. I just I guess I just don't. I I don't. Well, I I, I guess I can see Rafaz's argument, his line of thinking in that. All the tournaments are there are so interconnected and lead up to your ETCs and your, your right. masters. Yeah. It's so competitive. And, and, and once again, I don't want to just like I said, n- not all of these points are uh, Rafazas. I don't want. I mean, he's not on the show. I don't want to put him on the hot seat. Sure. No, I understand. You know. So, but it, but it is a big difference in their scene versus our scene. Yeah. Here, I, mean, I feel like huge. our tournaments are kind of one-offs. You have your Adepticons. You, you play in it. You're done. You play in bits, and then you're done. You go to Wapaka, and you're done. If you pay attention to the rankings, then it does kind of tie everything together. But I don't think the emphasis is there, at least for the majority of the United States, as it is in Europe. I don't know anybody personally, like anyone I've met and know personally, who even just cares that much about the rankings. It me, it just doesn't mean that much to us here. And I know, I mean, I know it means so much to people in Europe. I just don't know. I've never met a person... Who and, and who, 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 who are we playing at FederCon? Um, Ryan Nickel. Yeah, isn't he? I mean, up until recently, he was number one. Yeah, I mean, he almost didn't seem to care though either. I mean, it, he might. I mean, maybe he I'm does. Not sure he, had a, he got a kick out well, of it. Well, sure, you'd love it, but I mean, I. I but mean, he definitely didn't pick and choose events based on how those would affect his rankings. Yeah, at least I don't think he did. I don't. I don't think so. I can't speak to what he did. It just. It just. It, it, I, you know, this all comes down to there's no I, there's no way to wrap up this segment or to come right. up with any sort of conclusion, other than I'm just I'm I'm amazed at the differences in attitudes towards the game because, and I did I did, I said this to someone I forget I go because it's a this is a hobby, it's not and even if you don't care about painting you don't like it or you don't care about sports because even at Art Boys some people loved it some people didn't. But even then, I mean, it's 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 a hobby. Mm-hmm. It require. I mean, magic. You want to go to a magic tournament? That's a game. That is a game at a or, tournament. Or a chess tournament. Yeah, it's not a, a. There's there's just so many elements to this that I just I just I I feel and I, I other people feel differently. Other people feel violently differently. I'm certain there are people who were skipping the rest of this segment at, have skipped already at some point. Mm-hmm. Because they're, they just completely disagree with us, and they're they're annoyed with what we're saying. But uh, maybe it's because I don't get to play as often that the hobby is so important to me. Because it's what I get to do with this game. It's I do plan it out. I do 
think about what am I going to do for my movement or for my for my display board for Adepticon. You know, how can I work on this base? How can I make this so much better? Because when I'm not gaming, which is a majority of it, this this is my connection it's to the game. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. What do you guys think? Any anything anything come up? Anything you were thinking about? Um, I don't know. If painting's not your bag, James Wapple at Windy City Mini. Just throwing it out there. If painting's not your bag, there are a whole lot of places that will do it for you. Well, yeah. th- doesn't that open that's, another that's can another of worms, though? Debate, you didn't it pay- does open up a whole another can of worms, but if panning's not your bag, there are plenty of guys that are. They'll just take the cash out of yours, too. True. And then, oh, yeah, that that had been brought up. So the guy who has the most money gets the extra points can for the tournament. The can buy the, well, can buy the points. Something that I ask a lot of players, especially when they're in top consideration for the best painted award, did you paint your own army? And if you didn't, I'm not going to give you the best painted award. And you shouldn't be going for a best painted award. I know somebody. I remember hearing that story. Somebody won a best painted with their army, and they didn't paint it. No. And then the guy who actually painted it that they bought it from saw it and got pissed and was like, "Hey, I painted that army. That's my award." Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to award effort more than I'm going to award a pocketbook. If you want to award the size of your pocketbook, go play Magic. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that just gets to a weird area. Yeah, I mean then that's and that's part of an issue. I mean Donovan, uh, you know, guild painting. I mean, heck, send him your models too. Yeah. You know, he's another guy who does painting. Uh, you know, Brian it's, Steele, we know, does painting. Um, you know, I would think. I mean, I have no problem with someone turning in a really good army and getting maximum paint scores for it, but to it, win an award. But yeah, you if if I bought that army. Like you know, it's paint. I paid for the paint job. I don't know. I'm you, taking you, my. I would say, you know what? It's not my painting. I, I, I do not consider me for best painted award. Even standard painting scores, as awards aside, there's it's it is a little strange. Everyone else is getting judged on the merits of their own ability, or someone else's. You know what I mean? Bringing in someone else's superior ability to rise above everyone else. I don't know. It just seems like an odd thing. It it, it, it is a, it is a gray area. I mean, what if you're a person who physically can't paint? You've got you you know you, you you're myopic or something like that. You, you get you know maybe you're red green colorblind and that yeah. hinders. I mean, so what you yeah, can do. who literally physically has some sort of something that is making them unable to do that level of painting that would get them those scores? Would you deny them? The I mean, see, it's it's a getting you know yeah it's a gray area yeah so I think the best you can hope for in that is I'll give you the points but at least let me know so that I'm not going to hand out an award saying you right. did the best paint job because that's yeah. not what you did so mm-hmm. uh, well overall I like a mix <laughs> <laughs> that's all I can 1, say one thousand zombies <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least they stopped saying one thousand noblars. Uh, I can't afford I'll that. You like twenty five percent head start. Just do the zombies. Come on. Man. Okay, okay, Actually, I have a bunch of mantic zombies that I have been meaning to give you. They're just really, yeah. That's like, it's not many. It's like eight or ten of them. But you gotta start okay, somewhere. well, ten more will make two fifty because I got two forty. I like the way you're thinking. All right, folks. If you got any extra <laughs> mantic zombies laying around, Warhammer Welfare, send them to me. 
because apparently I've got 15 months to paint 760 zombies. Easy. 760 divided by 15, that's, well, 15 is 5. 50 a month. 50, yeah, 50 a month. You got that. That's not if I yeah, paint, that's If I paint two zombies a day, every day, until 2014 Adepticon, we'll have secret agent missions. Nice. Suddenly, I'm responsible <laughs> for the secret <laughs> agent missions. Do, do, do. Oh, I gotta think about this. No, I no, I shouldn't. Th- no, I hate you guys. <laughs> I hate you guys. That's gonna be the name of the episode, episode sixty six. I hate you guys. <laughs> One thousand zomblars. <laughs> One thousand zomblars. There's the name of the episode. There you go. One thousand zomblars. Oh my god, why am I thinking about this? Because I'm stupid. That's why I'm stupid. I'm an idiot with a microphone, and this is what happens. Anything else we should need to talk about in terms of uh, scoring? I don't know. I think we exhausted it about you guys. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think we're good. All right. Well, listen, it is getting late, and um, we got to wrap up the show and do a couple other things. So, um, Alex, Carrie Ann, thank you so much for coming on. We do appreciate it. Not a problem. And uh, if I don't... Well, I will. We'll see you guys in about a month in March at the at the primer for Adepticon. Yep. All right, fantastic. Well, uh, folks, we will be back once again. Thanks, guys. I will let you go, and um, we'll be back after I soak my head and get these thoughts out of me. All right. Take care, you guys. Yep. Have a good night. I'm looking for a place to play some Warhammer. Family games, board games? You mean unmatched awards and adventure? Sure. A place with collectible and trading card games, RPGs, unusual gifts. You mean unparalleled offerings and fun? Okay. And it'd be great if they had books, candles, and collectibles, too. Particular presents and playtime? You're looking for unique gifts and games! Okay, but... uh, Located in historic downtown Grays Lake, Illinois... UGG caters to gamers of all types. Okay, but miniature games, board games, card games, yeah. Doctor Who, all right, but things supernatural. I understand. It's but all here. Okay, but with listen. frequently scheduled events, open gaming, a clean and friendly atmosphere. Okay, stop by UGG or or, or visit yeah. them online at uniquegg.com. You could have just told me about unique gifts and games. Individualized endowments and festivities, essential awards and diversions, one-of-a-kind presents and happy fun time. All right, that's enough. All right, folks, we're here. We're wrapping up the show tonight. 66. 66 Glorious episodes. Yes. We're getting so close to 70. This is exciting. Oh, boy, man, seriously, this was a good one. I actually really enjoyed this episode. We covered quite a bit. Yeah, we were all over the place, but we're on topic, covering some cool stuff. Um, Got a lot of hobby done, got a lot of talk done. Talk uh, tournaments, casual gaming. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah. 
I usually don't sit around and pat myself on the back, but I mean, our, I mean thank you so much to to Brad and and Carrie Ann and and, and Alex. And Alex. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of nice to have a, some some different perspectives on the show, but uh, I had a lot of fun tonight. I yeah, really it was, enjoyed it. Was a good time. Sit around and talk about Warhammer. Hey, yeah, it's not bad. Absolutely. Guys, if you're uh, interested, we still have the Fat Hammer uh, challenge. challenge going on. You can join it at any time. You can join now still. Uh, folks, don't forget, it, it should be, it's up there. If you're listening to this, it's up there. Come and join us. Uh, commit to painting a 2,000-point army in 2013. Yes, if you haven't already, hey, sign up and join us uh, Commit on to the a 2013-point army. No, that's 2013 lame. 2013 points? In 2013. That's lame. That's, uh, <laughs> See, I, like I have bad thoughts. ideas. <laughs> I have lots of bad ideas. Thoughts. I just usually don't say them. But join our community. Sign up on the forums if you haven't already. Yeah. You, got, you know, the forums, I mean... It's like the more Twitter blew up, the forums seemed to slow down a little bit. I know a lot of people said that about different forums. Um, the more Twitter blows up, forums I mean, sign the, up, slow down. It seems that as as more people were going over, it's so much easier to put up your pictures right, there than to right. sit and put them up on the computer. Hell, that's what I've been doing. See, I agree with you. It is easier, but it's fleeting in that you post your pictures, and, and then they're a week gone. later, they're gone. Yeah. I mean, two days later, i got to search back back to find right. it. Right. But so, if you post it on the forum, it's yep. always there. Yeah. Folks, please come. If you haven't already, come join our forums. We're getting closer and closer to 1,000 members. I'd like to see that even grow more. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a good community, and it's a friendly community, and we'd love to see you there. Uh, we also wouldn't mind some iTunes reviews. They, oh, they slowed go. down a little bit. You know, I don't know how much they affect where you are on that list. Um, but it's a good barometer to tell us uh, what people enjoy, maybe what they don't exactly. enjoy. So, yeah, I, we'd love to have – I mean, and I read each and every one of them. As do I. And I do sit there, and I will on maybe, you know, once a week if I'm looking at uh, the – when I go and check them, mm-hmm. I'll go into the countries thing. And I'll check five or six sure. or ten other countries, how many I've see if there's anything anywhere else. So if you're posting it – if Anywhere. I will find it eventually, and I will read it, and I take them all to heart. I really do. Um, I, you know, I, I love the interaction. Uh, yeah, yeah, I love getting the reviews, so feel free to leave it. Um, we'd love to have it. Um, buy a hoodie. And we're going to have dice soon. Chris has Ooh, the design dice. done. So I'm contacting the dice place probably this week. Chris has the design done. We have dice and in the mix. We will have Excellent. Garage Hammer dice coming out. So it's exciting. All right, folks, um, that's the show. See you on February 25th. So have a good one. All right, guys, take care. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Hammer community by joining our forums at garagehammer.net slash forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow David at Garage Hammer and follow Chris at Topher Chris U. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through David at GarageHammer.net. You can reach me, that's Chris, through Chris U at GarageHammer.net. And you can reach both of us through GarageHammer at Live.com. If you want to help support Garage Hammer, check the support page or the show store on our website or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening.
Actually, my sister, when we were kids, she heard it. She thought, she that's, thought what it that's what he was saying. She's like, how is he being Asian in secret? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> it's like James Bond. Of course, I had actually convinced my sister that Harry Krishna was just another way to say Merry Christmas when we were kids. <laughs> and so she made a Christmas card for my dad that said Merry Christmas, Harry Krishna. And he started yelling at her. And she's like crying on Christmas, and my mom's like, "Why are you yelling?" And then she's pointing at me. She's like, "He told, dude, I told her that in like June, and like six months later, I had forgotten I told her. I started laughing. My dad did not find it funny." Okay, guys, right. uh, Brad, did you need to cut out? Yeah, feel free to make a joke that as soon as you started about talking about sportsmanship, I bolted. 